Leading Britain's conversation. You're listening to a podcast of The Steve Allen Show from LBC. Morning, everybody. This is where it begins. This is where it happens. This is the day ahead for you. It's Tuesday. It's a second. Oh, we don't do pinch and a punch, do we? We just do pinch and a punch if you're in the Big Brother house. Because uh, over there, Marnie Simpson, or whatever her name is, the most grotesque creature I've ever seen on television. Really, just filth. Just filth. Uh, over in Hong Kong, they're on lockdown. The worst... The worst typhoon, I think, coming in since about the 1960s, which actually might have been the one that we lived through. Uh, and I can't remember what it was called. I can't remember if ours was Typhoon Mary or not. But they say this is the worst one since uh, they had one in 83. We had one in... I'm sure we had 63. I'm sure it was 1963, but that was a pretty bad one. So they're all on lockdown. It's, uh, it's bad news over there. Jamie's clinging on to everything that he can. Could Pokemon Go revive the Church of England? That's a great non-story as far as I'm concerned, as we've discussed Pokemon Go in the past. I'm none the wiser. Seriously, I'm none the wiser as to what it is or what it does. I just think it's a sign of a misspent youth. Uh, Soggy Britain, more rain in one day than all of July. Isn't it funny we make a big deal about it? Do you think they do the same in Australia where they go, today, sunny. Although there are certain places around the world where I've seen people saying, oh, it's really sunny here. And then they, they seem to be standing in the middle of a monsoon. Uh, found after 72 years. And where were they? They were in Russia. Himmler's diaries uh, talking about everything. I mean, they're actually quite an historical find. They've been pouring through them and analysing and trying to get to grips with the man who committed suicide. He had a cyanide pill in one of his teeth. He'd, he'd been arrested. He tried to get out of the country by using fake documentation. They found him and they were they, they knew something wasn't right. They didn't know, in fact, that it was uh, Heinrich Himmler. And they questioned and questioned and questioned. Eventually went, oh, I'm Himmler. And they went, yeah, we don't believe that at all. And, of course, it turned out that it uh, was. And it took him 40 minutes to die. He swallowed his cyanide pill. As I say, it's a shame, really, because you wanted to see him hanging at the end of a rope like some of the other people. Uh, the petrol prices, which are tumbling. Uh, I think one of the supermarkets has, uh, has got a price thing going on, and now the other ones will no doubt follow suit. Uh, Katie prices some to be let off. It doesn't really matter that he used a, a very, very rude word on television because quite clearly that's the sort of language that she uses around the house, proving once and for all that really is, uh, you know, not the place where children should be brought up. Because if he thinks that's a normal word, then fine. Why they didn't pre-record it, I've got no idea. It was just uh, a little bit tacky, more than a little bit tacky, but they've said there isn't any charge. Uh, the other one was um, uh, Donald Trump's wife. Shocking pictures of her emerging start naked, girl-on-girl -girl action. Uh, looking for all the world like uh, like somebody who's so desperate to kickstart a career. That's the only thing she knew how to do. You know, just take all your clothes off and somebody will do it. Sarah Harding's found a job. Can't believe this one. Bill Kenwright has booked her to star in uh, the musical Ghost. Whether or not Sarah Harding can either act or sing or both at the same time remains to be seen. Uh, plus the nine items you should not have in your fridge. Things which should not be in there because you're not prolonging their life. You're actually curtailing their life. Uh, and also, uh, I mentioned 145 days until Christmas. And it is. I think Selfridges have got their Christmas department open in certain places around the world. They have Christmas shopping all the time. We used to have a Christmas shop here, but of course they got pushed out by high rents and you've ended up with another blasted coffee shop, which kind of really annoys me a little bit because it's the poor independents that can't, can keep, uh, can't uh, compete with the big coffee shops who it doesn't matter whether they're busy or not because they're just offset against one that's doing particularly well. So they keep going. So they push all these people out and uh, they don't pay taxes in this country properly. And the little person who's running a shop for the masses gets 
gets just literally shoved to one side. They don't care about them. It's an appalling state of affairs. It really is. Oh, good news is another DHL shipment. Another DHL shipment. This time I'm ahead of it. I've I've written already to uh, to Alan to say this is the the shipping number. It's uh, they tried to deliver it yesterday apparently and they couldn't. I always miss them. Seriously, I mean, I'm, I must. Uh, I'm, perhaps I've just become invisible or something. I, n- I never managed to find these things at all. So hopefully, I can go and. It's only three shirts. It's not really the most exciting thing, is it? But I mean, three shirts to me is three shirts to me. And uh, seeing as I've had to pay an arm and a leg to get them from uh, another place uh, abroad, and I wish they'd open a shop here, make it so much easier, wouldn't it? Really, uh, I would. Uh, I would love it, actually, if they were able to... Sh- it would save me having to pester poor old DHL every time. But uh, it doesn't matter. I've sent off the... Uh, there's a number. I forget they call it. It's not, it's not a shipping number. They use it. It's the waybill or something like that. And so that's where we know. That's where we know all about it. So uh, ghosts don't exist. I don't think Darren was convinced at the end of the programme that ghosts exist. And to be honest with you, I'm not remotely convinced that they exist either. It's, uh, it's in an effort to put out some doolally programmes on the television with, uh, with that ex-Blue Peter presenter who, uh, I mean, it's just, it's rubbish. But the programmes are sold as entertainment, so you have to realise by that that if you want to believe in it, believe in it, but they don't exist, OK? You can't prove it. I can't disprove it, so we're kind of at a at a stalemate. It doesn't really matter, actually, whether they exist or whether they don't, but I know that they don't, because otherwise they'd be here. We're in one of the oldest buildings on this site in Leicester Square, and there's nothing that's appeared here ever, ever at all. Excuse me? Sorry, because the coffee is so blooming hot this morning. So hot. And uh, it's raining. So take an umbrella. Take an umbrella. You are going to get very, very wet today. Uh, more bullying in the Big Brother house. This time it's uh, Marnie, some old bag from a, from a, a TV programme. Uh, they say she's a babe. She's not a babe at all, I'm afraid. She's an old porker. And she's not very pleasant either. She faces the boot over a, a bust-up over bullying, sparked outrage... And uh, lots of people complaining to Ofcom about it. She's just deeply unpleasant. That's all you could say about her. Deeply, deeply unpleasant. Lots of old pictures of Samantha Fox. And obviously her new agent is is putting out, you know, for whoever wants to see them. So these are the unseen pictures. But as I say, uh, Samantha Fox was playing heterosexual when these came out. Now she's uh, she's lesbian and she's found a partner. And uh, she was, I think she was the youngest, page three, she was the youngest page three. She's only about so big. She's very tiny. And so it makes her boobs look even bigger. And so now they've had a flurry of bets on her to win the show. I can't see that happening. Can you really? I can't see it happening. Uh, Marnie Simpson, lots of pictures of it. Leopard never changes its spots. She's just a vile piece of work. She was flashing her boobs at Sarah Khan, who's in there because she's an attention seeker. And uh, and I believe... Oh, we've also got a few other people in there. Uh, James Whale and uh, Grant Bovey. Uh, are both facing eviction on Friday night. I said that Whale would be the first one out, and I don't think I'm going to be wrong on that one. And um, and uh, Grant Bovey, who's just a dreary little bore, I'm afraid. Let's get rid of him. Also, the other one as well. There's a lovely review of it, and I'll I'll do that a little bit later for you, because it's, it's a very, very, very good review of it. Here's uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, surrounded by men. No big surprise there. They've actually said that uh, there are no... Um, there were no girls in sight. It was all blokes. I don't know why people should be surprised. I really don't know why people should be surprised. They make such a big deal about it now, don't they? They sort of say, why does he only have men friends? You go, well, he does have... He has all sorts of friends. Has all sorts of friends. Uh, 84850, Scott the Cabby says, does Blue Peter itself even exist anymore? Apparently, it does. It does. It's, uh, it's filmed in Manchester. I couldn't tell you who was on it. 
I couldn't tell you who the, who the presenters were of the programme, but it used to be big. I mean, it was big. That programme was big. It was done live. And uh, I went down to watch it going out live once because I had to write to Biddy Baxter to ask if I could get an interview. Actually, at the time, with Peter Duncan. And she said, no, not, not Peter. And she put me on to the one who had the farm at Dethick. And so I went down there to watch the, uh, the programme going out. I was, in, I was in the early stages of interviewing, so I wasn't really very good at interviewing. In fact, I think the very first interview I did, to try and get into it, they sent me down to um, the Coliseum to interview an opera star. Well, what I know about opera, you could write on a grain of sand. I mean, I was rubbish. The, the interview was... Thank God it never saw the light of day. And I, I, it was then that I learned that if, if you came back with the interview and it turned out to be rubbish, you just binned it. It was as simple as that, and I binned this interview. It never got played out on LBC. It never never saw the light of day, because I thought, I don't want people to think I really don't know anything about opera, which, of course, I didn't. But I did get to see the Colosseum, and it was lovely, and it was. Uh, and I've never done anything on opera ever since. I could do light opera, but I can't do any of the any of the heavy stuff. But I did go down to Blue Peter, and they'd start off da da dun 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 da da, and it was it was it was the kids' program. In fact, to be honest with you, I can't remember any other kids' programs at the time that were as good and had such a uh, a, a changing for most of kids' television. You know, we got involved in the saving up buttons to build, you know, water wheels and sink all sorts of things to get water up for people in other countries. We saved bottle tops. People sent in all sorts of things, old clothing. And we got involved in the Blue Peter Appeal. We loved it at Christmas when they made their Advent uh, crown, which was two coat hangers with uh, wrapped in flame retardant tinsel with with candles at the end i loved something you know i got really into it and then the chalk farm band would come in and the kids would all sing and then the middle verse of hark the herald angel it would sort of drop down and uh, they uh, and they then sort of did their thank you very much indeed listen we love you all and we'll see you next year take care and then it would come in with the last for- oh it was brilliant absolutely brilliant you couldn't beat it you could not beat it um, did I see James uh, O'Brien is going to have John Warrington on? Really? Oh, I don't know. I don't know anything about that, actually, Warren. But um, it's, it's, quite, it's quite likely, actually, if they're doing something on tourists uh, and holiday destinations, because John is the acknowledged expert of what goes on, seeing as he's been in the travel business for years and years. Uh, I think Sarah Harding is starring as the ghost in Go. Well, that'd be a bit difficult, wouldn't it? Seeing as the ghost is a man. I don't think she's playing... She, she's playing the one with the potter's wheel. How it's going to work out, I've got no idea. But obviously, uh, Bill, Uncle Bill Kenwright has got, um, you know, faith in her. Nobody else has. She's been dropped from everything, poor soul, honestly. Steve, do you have to pay import duties for receiving the shirts? Um, FedEx contact after delivery. Oh, God, that reminds me. I've got to pay for... No, I've done the FedEx. But I have to keep remembering these bills I pay. No, on DHL, uh, I pay uh, all the duties over there. So there's nothing to pay in this country. You, you, you can either choose to pay after delivery or pay them at the same time. And I, I choose to pay them at the same time. Saves any big surprise. But it's just that because you order stuff from the States now, and millions of people do, millions of because it's so easy. I mean, the Internet is possibly, it's opened up all sorts of things, hasn't it? Closed down porn shops and sex shops. And it's opened up shopping. People love shopping on the Internet. I can go around the world on the Internet. I could sit there, contact a company in America, order it on PayPal, and the next thing is, it arrives. I mean, it's it's just phenomenal. In fact, sometimes it's it's sort of it's knocked a lot of conventions that I would go to years ago on the head because there's nothing new to see. I can do it all on the internet. I can see everything. I can watch a video. I can do everything, absolutely everything. And I love doing it. I love doing it. And so I've got PayPal. I use PayPal uh, quite a bit of the time. And I just I just like going online and doing it. Uh, some people 
uh, you get to... I think with FedEx, you pay after delivery. They then send you a bill, and you pay it that way. But with DHL, I was, I was dread-contacted. I was so, I'm so sorry. They must think I'm a right pain. Because if you pay by PayPal, they will only deliver to the address. So I can't even nominate another address and say, well, listen, why don't you send it to the dry cleaners or send it to Paul Cooper's shop and then they, they can collect it in for me. It's got to go to my address. And if I'm not in, which I'm not most of the time, I've got to then contact DHL. I mean, luckily, we have lots of nice people at DHL who listen to the programme. So poor old Alan this morning will uh, will be opening up his email to find one from me saying this is the, the waybill number. And then somebody from DHL will phone me and go, uh, it's here in reception. I go up and the lady goes, got your shirts. <laughs> They're becoming quite a regular up there, really. Uh, Steve says, Tino, Grant Bobie's one of the most horrid men I've ever seen on television. So creepy, flirting with Marnie. Oh, he's disgusting. He's awful. I mean, but what, what's funny about poor old Grant Bovey is he's such an old failure. You know, a spectacular failure. You know, bankrupt to the tune of 50 million Cheated on uh, Anthea Turner, but, I mean, there again, he was always a nasty little piece of work. And um, and then I remember him threatening all sorts of people. I told you before, he was threatening people, saying, don't you dare say my company's going under, and, of course, it did. She, of course, was doing the interior designing of these places. With what experience? I've got no idea. Making Tracy Island on Blue Peter was hardly going to be the pinnacle of her success. Look at her, I'm late for the time again. I'm so sorry. I'm just like, I don't really care, actually, first thing. I'm allowed to go late, apparently. So, so the management have said. I can go late on a few, but not spectacularly late. You know, keep it within reason. And so I do try. I do try, because we do have the 4am spike. It is LBC. It is Steve Allen's early breakfast. Everything you've heard about the programme is true. We only tell the truth. We don't tell fibs on this programme. We don't need to. And uh, if you don't like it, well, you can toodle off somewhere else. I couldn't care less. I've got more than enough to keep me happy for another contract. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. 19 minutes past four. You're part of the biggest spike in radio history. So thank you very much indeed for that. I have no idea why either. No good asking me because I really, I really don't know these things. It's just somebody asked me to explain PayPal. No idea. No idea. All I know, it's secure. And it, uh, it's linked into your bank account, so you buy stuff, and uh, if you don't get it, then you contact PayPal, and they then credit your account, and that's it. It's a secure way of sending money around the world. I suppose it's like doing a, just a credit card, but it's a lot easier. You just, it's, it's, it's a fairly simple one-click thing. You don't have to fill in any numbers or anything like that. story in the paper today about, um, about um, a pedestrian who was killed uh, by a van, which I think mounted the pavement. Uh, this is Ryan Draper. Uh, Ryan Draper was killed the other day in uh, in North Wales. His girlfriend, who was also hit, was critical last night. His family paid tribute to him in a statement which said, he'll always be in our hearts, God bless him. Unfortunately, uh, I better tell you that Mr Draper uh, was, in fact, uh, jailed for, I forget how many years, actually, so five years, for raping a 12-year-old girl. I just thought I'd mention that now so that you get it clear in your mind that nobody really gives a stuff about whether he's dead or not, what they had to find out was uh, whether or not there was a link between his, his death and this sexual assault five years ago. And they've said that there, there isn't. The driver was as, uh, arrested on suspicion of causing death by dangerous driving. But it's the fact the family go, oh, you know, we're sorry we've lost so-and-so. You're very sad when somebody dies, not when they've raped a 12-year-old girl. I don't think so. Perhaps we should go back to the 12-year-old girl's family going, good, good result on that one. I shouldn't imagine they'd be thinking, oh, it's a shame he's dead. They were probably thinking it's a shame he was only jailed for five years. People have got very odd ideas now, haven't they? They really have. I see people on the television. I was watching the, sorry, the Interceptors again, because I love it. Because I do think it's a clever programme. And it's amazing how many people, so that they, they end up pulling this car in. 
And they pulled the car because it's triggered their... You know that camera thing that goes, we don't think there's any insurance on this car. So they pull this bloke in, and he happens to be Asian. There's a girl in the car with a dog and three children. So they get out, got him out of the car, and they go, the reason we've actually stopped you, sir, is because the car's showing us no insurance. So he stands and he goes, yeah, I've got insurance. He said, my father's got insurance. Oh, is it your car? No. Whose is it? Uh, it's... It's my father's car, but I'm insured to drive any car. Oh, right, OK. Who, who are you actually insured with? Oh, I can't remember. OK, well, why, why do you think you're insured on your father's document? Because he's, he's told me I am. Oh, right. Can you give us your father's car numbers? Uh, I can't remember them. OK, let's have your name. So anyway, of course, what he does is, because he's a bit thick, he's, uh, he lies about his name. He lies about, without realising that all they do is they just arrest them, take them to the police station, do a fingerprint, and they find out exactly who they are, because chances are, if you're driving a car with no insurance, you've been in trouble with the police before. And so they say to him, uh, you know, so you better tell us who you are now, because we're only going to arrest you anyway. Uh, no, so-and-so, so-and-so, I'm this person. You've got insurance, have you? Well, you haven't. You've got no insurance. There's no insurance on this car. You're not insured to drive any vehicle at all. So then they have to go and break it to the woman at the front of the car, with the dog, and, um, well, she kicks off. She's effing and blinding a right old slapper, she was. And she's got three kids there, and she's swearing in front of them. Quite clearly, that sort of person would swear in front of children. And she's going to this uh, policeman. She said, what am I supposed to effing well do, and all this kind of thing? He says, well, we're, we're seizing the car. Yeah, why? And then she starts accusing him of being racist. He goes, he's got no insurance. He's got no driving licence. You shouldn't be in the car with him. It's as simple as that. Well, you, you booked me a cab. How am I supposed to get home? So he looks at her with a straight face. He goes, have you heard of walking? And so off she walked down the road, shouting her usual obscenities. I thought, dear God in heaven, where do they get these people from? And, uh, and the other bloke was fine. It was only about 250 quid fine. It's a shame, really, because I wanted it to be about £1,000. But, of course, all these people are like that. But they, they think that they can lie to the police, and the police don't know who they are. If you've ever, you know, they always go, are you known to the police? There was one bloke who said no and started mouthing it. They always do the same thing. Get that camera out of my face. Get, and he goes, no, he's allowed to film. It's a public place here. He's allowed to be. Get that camera out of my face. That's just the blokes. You want to hear the women? <laughs> one, one girl screaming her so-and-so's off in the back of a car. They're too tight. Get off me. Get off me. And she was, she was really going into one. But my favourite was a bloke who feigned illness when he got arrested. He was a crook. And uh, it turned out when they checked his history that he'd feigned illness. Before. Oh, 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 he was doing. I mean, he was the biggest drama queen you've ever seen. And, uh, and so they, they called an ambulance, but they had to make sure that he wasn't going to do a runner from the hospital because he'd done a runner before. So they caught him again. Anyway, he went back to prison. So that was good news, wasn't it? I always feel so happy when they go back there. Uh, another one here. Uh, so, uh, so Warren is all over the place with his sleeping at the moment. It's what happens when you fly around the world, isn't it? You've got no idea where you are at any one time. And um, it says um, that uh, I've listened to Alison Moyer. He's been doing the old... Videos and Alison Moyer, I love Alison Moyer. He said, um, "All cried out." Have you actually done an in conversation with her? Now I can't remember. I had to think about it because I'm a fan of Alison Moyer. Would I have done an interview with her? I don't know. I mean, there are so many celebrities on the in conversation page. You do know, incidentally, I forgot to mention, uh, just to try and garner a few more thousand people in, that I have a free podcast every day. A free podcast. It's free. It's my, my gift to you. A birthday to you. Birthday to you. Birthday from Steve. A birthday to you. And you get the free free podcast. And all you have to do to get it is you don't have to sign up. You don't have to pay anything. It's all free. 
That's why it's called a free podcast. You go to the LBC website, you download the app for your tablet or your mobile, and then automatically every day we send it to you. And so you don't have to... There's no money changes hands. You get to keep it. It doesn't expire after a week or something. It's not like uh, not like iTunes, where you're only borrowing the tunes. You don't get to keep them. The moment your account stops, you lose all the iTunes stuff that you bought. So uh, you're just borrowing it. Uh, I use PayPal all the time, says Michael. Things sent to different delivery addresses. Uh, whether you can do it depends on the vendor, not PayPal. No, it's... Uh, well, the uh, the vendors, all the ones that I've ever used, they will only deliver to the address on it. They real. I mean, after they've actually delivered, then you could probably contact them and say, well, listen, I'd like it to come to a different address because all my stuff on Amazon comes here. Hardly anything goes to home because it just takes such a long time. And they always want it signed for, whereas here we have Courtney, thank goodness. Excuse me again, just a little. I love slurping coffee. I think it's just so tacky. <laughs> I love it completely. Uh, weather for today, let me just tell you, wet. OK, wet. Got my uh, my umbrella with me. Very happy with the umbrella. I needed it this morning, and uh, somebody else was uh, was asking. It says uh, Grant Bovey is no different to most older men who enjoy the attention of a younger woman. It's just that he got caught. Yeah, but he's also vile. He's also not a very nice person. <laughs> really, not a very nice person. And because he's a bankrupt, I don't like bankrupts either. I'm a bit sick to death of bankrupts. Who did I see on the television the other day? There was somebody I saw, and I th- I didn't even know they were alive. I thought that they were dead. I can't remember. I can't remember who it was now. Uh, there's also the cops. This is the stupidest story I've ever seen. Three goggle box um, failures. This is uh, the Siddiqui brothers. The Siddiqui brothers. They're a bit simple on the telly. They're not the brightest uh, pennies in the box. They decided to go paintballing. So Raza Siddiqui, uh, Bazit Siddiqui, and Umar Siddiqui all pose in their combats, and they're wearing camouflage clothing. To be honest with you, they do look like a bunch of Polish builders going off to do some painting and decorating for the day, but they're going paintballing. And that's what you have to wear for it. I've never seen people wear this before, but it's neither here nor there. What did they uh, title their thing before they put it up on the internet? Being the thickest people on the planet. ISIS training day. Look how happy we look. Are they really as dumb as I think they are? How embarrassing for their father. That's my thick sons. The police were investigated and... um, a friend of theirs said, when you're in the media, you have to accept that they're quite clearly really dim. Really, really thick. ISIS training day. Look how happy we look. You thickos. If I was running Gogglebox, I'd have you off the television, dropped immediately. There's loads more intelligent people we can find out there. We just seem to find the stupid ones. And so they, they thought that was really funny. Really funny. Well, I tell you, if I was running the, uh, the programme, I'd be going, here we go. Funny, funny. You're dropped. Now you're nobody's. Like you were before you started. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Somebody thinks I'm the hanging judge Jeffries. I would be. I would be the hanging judge. I would be hang em and flog em. I'm sick to death of the way that uh, people are getting away with murder. You can have a 12, 14-year-old boy on the television using the C word, and uh, they go, nothing to investigate. You go, oh, fine. Well, why don't we just have people sitting there swearing all the time? In fact, in fact, the best place to do it is on Loose Women. You get away with it, except there's always the uh, the person who's running the programme going, we'd like to point out that we don't condone the taking of drugs. And we're sorry that Harvey's got a foul mouth on him like his mother. You know, like the rest of the family. You can imagine, can't you? Do you think Peter Andre sits at home and the kids come home? Hey, we've learned another word today, Dad. You're a real... Couldn't, couldn't make it up, could you, really? But apparently that's OK. Uh, 84850, Wayne's in Croydon. You'd have to be with a name like Wayne, wouldn't you? I mean, what else would you be in Croydon but Wayne? 
Hello, Wayne, where'd you come from? I come from Croydon. Well, we would have guessed that one immediately. Uh, I want to know more on Hong Kong. I want to know, uh, actually, uh, whether or not it's, uh, it really is batting down the hatches time. I'm going to read you Ali Ross's review because it's absolutely right about uh, Celebrity Big Brother. It's a combustible... Nobody's in there. There's nobody who's famous apart from Biggins and Samantha Fox. And uh, there's one called Heavy D, a rather pathetic creature who apparently has some non-specific role on Storage Hunters, wears a range of look-at-me clothes and shouts boom whenever attention threatens. I mean, his real name, by the way, is Colin. Gives you a rough idea, doesn't it? Bimbo Colin is on there. Poor soul, honestly. Of course, the British version, not a patch on the American version, where there's only two people on there that you hate because they're so revolting. And uh, you can't imagine what sort of marriage they've got. Over here, we just have a uh, sort of a selection of degenerates who want to appear on the television, they're either fat, over-made-up, blousy blokes, uh, or people like Heavy D. Heavy D, but real name Colin. Doesn't kind of sync well with me, does it? But the whole programme... Uh, I mean, Frankie, Frankie Grande is, I think, America's answer to Louis Spence. And you know how much we loathe Louis Spence. And there's also, you know, Rene Graziano, sort of the vaguely threatening one, with, uh, with a bottom like a mass grave... I mean, you've only, I'm sorry to, you know, sorry to be rude about these people, but to be honest with you, if somebody sets themselves up onto television and thinks that they're all big and clever like Marnie Simpson, or is in fact really they're just a foul-mouthed old tramp, well, then I think we have to be told about it. They're deliberately put on there to annoy you. They're not put on there for any entertainment because the one thing they're not is entertaining. They're not, but they think they are. So when they come out, it was like watching that sad old drunk the other day. Uh, who appeared on the Sunday brunch programme, Vicky Patterson, who'd had a heavy night the night before. It was just an embarrassment to watch. Poor old soak, honestly. Never mind, dear, perhaps you'll disappear up your own rear end and then we won't have to watch you ever, ever again. And uh, Dan says, I'm selling my beautiful two-up, two-down terrace in Croydon. Yeah, Croydon, though, it's really two-down, 16-up, isn't it, really, I thought, in there? And it, it, I'm sorry, nothing in Croydon is beautiful. Seriously, let's not be silly about it, shall we? It's Croydon. We're talking the pits, the end of the universe. It is a little bit like that. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning. Over the years, over the years and the months and the days and the weeks and the eons, we've had stupid people pictured in the papers. I remember one vividly some Christmases ago when the pond up at Highgate froze. And there is a woman on the pond with a kiddie in a pushchair. Going from one side. I mean, the stupidest person ever. Then we had another dumb person who was uh, driving past Hampton Court Palace eating a bowl of cereal. That, I thought, was pretty dumb. However, we found another one. This time, it's at Dublin Zoo. And it's a man who lifts a kiddie over a barricade to be with the rhinoceroses. Now, I don't know whether or not you've ever seen kiddies and rhinoceroses or rhinoceri collide, but believe you me, the kiddie would would come off worse. Anyway, this boy stands inside the white rhino enclosure, yards from one of the the deadly animals. Uh, Dublin Zoo is investigating. It's understood health and safety standards are being reviewed. I mean, to be honest with you, it's a very low fence. You could lift somebody over, but this has got to be the dumbest person ever. What do you think? You go over and pet them? We know we've had mentally ill people who've climbed into lions' cages and the lions sit there and look at them and go, is, is, is lunch arriving alive now? And then you go for it. They have to sort of touch it to make sure because the, the, these people have got sicknesses. Some people, you know, get out of cars in wildlife parks and they get dragged away, as you saw on the television a short while ago in Beijing. But uh, to actually lift a child over the enclosure 
so that he can be near the rhinos is possibly one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. What they need to do is name and shame these people because they're, they're really they're too stupid for their own good. Why would you ever want to put a kid there? It's like people leaning over to feed elephants and everything else. And, and, and you think, there's big signs up saying, do not feed. Yeah, no, they don't need feeding. They get fed in zoos. But to lift a kiddie over, when, when a rhinoceros attacks, you're looking at God knows how many tonnes of animal bearing down on you. You lose. You lose, I promise you. Uh, Tony says, the, uh, uh, love the show. Love the show. Absolutely love the show. Thank you very much indeed. There you go. And, uh, and that's, that's why we're so popular. That's why we're very popular. And uh, a very nice family, says Mike. The Siddiquis are the most intelligent, logical and funniest family. No, they're not. They're the stupidest. The stupidest. They come up with logical proposals. They're the Peter Kay of the show. Very funny and state the obvious. Very nice family. Thick as bricks. Thick as bricks. I think we need to uh, lobby Channel 4, somebody says, to uh, get these idiots off. I mean, fancy putting... ISIS training session. I mean, how stupid do you have to be? You know, all those people have just died in Nice. I'm sure their family's been knocking on your door, shaking your hand, going, yeah, you're really intelligent, really intelligent. Uh, so, Tony and Malden, thank you for that. That's, that's very complimentary. Very. Oh, he's not in New... He's in Essex, actually. Doesn't really know where he is, actually. Poor soul. He either thinks he's in New Malden or he thinks he's in Essex. But either way, we put you out of your misery. So it makes it a lot easier, doesn't it? <laughs> I know where you are, which is good. Uh, somebody else saying, uh, you do get some really nice properties in Croydon. Will you stop it with the Croydon thing? There are no nice properties. Most of them are condemned. They're condemned. There's an area, an area, you know, much nicer... Uh, which is called Shirley, but Croydon is a dump. Dump. It really is. I mean, absolutely ridiculous. And uh, somebody here who's, who thinks that they're, they're Kay Adams, which is even more worrying, isn't it, really? We look at the picture of these people. Who are these deluded people? There's a story about uh, the right stuff. They've had to ban this woman. She thinks that she's married to somebody on the panel. I think she's mar- she thinks she's married to uh, Mr. Wright. So, I mean, she's all there in the brain department. We used to get one years and years ago. And... Um, her name was Blue Tulip. She thought she was married to Mike Reed, the radio presenter. I mean, seriously, she was that stupid. She used to turn up and say, I'm waiting for my husband. There was no husband, of course. It's, it's slightly disturbing, isn't it, really, that you get these sort of people, and now you get somebody who's sort of writing as Kay Adams, which is uh, really sad, actually. <laughs> very, very sad. And then you sort of find out what else they've written, and, uh, and they go, what about an MBE for Kay Adams? Uh, she just looks like a dominatrix. That's all she looks like. Stick her in boots and give her a whip, I think. And, uh, and, and she'd be fine on it. She just looks a little bit too po-faced. Like that. And, and you sort of... It's not, it's not really great, is it? It's not, a, it's not a great look on the programme. And also, she's not very good. She's sort of better at doing probably more serious stuff. She can't, she can't bring herself down to, uh, to other people's level. And the one thing you've got to learn in this business is you've got to be adaptable. I don't think she's adaptable at all. She's terribly, terribly prim and proper and terribly ter- talks like that. And it's just so marvel. And I'm thinking, oh, God, do us a favour. Mind you, I've either got that or you've got the poor weather girl who's managed to find love again, third or fourth time round now, which is good. And, uh, oh, so this not Kay Adams is in Glasgow. Obviously, drinking problems up there. You know what Glasgow's like. I belong to Glasgow, dear old Glasgow town. <laughs> I have another little drink. I remember going up there years ago. It was quite nice. Uh, well, it was it was a dump years ago. Then it became European city of culture, and then it changed. Then it started, you know, people eating out. Well, I say people eating out. You know, people actually sitting outside, which was which is quite a nice thing actually. I, I'm, I wholeheartedly approve of it. We just don't have the weather 
in this country. There was somebody sitting the other day in Kingston by the side of the road on one table and two scrubby-looking chairs. And I'm thinking, it just looks blooming dangerous now. You know, it's all right, different if you're going to Rome or you go to Venice and you go somewhere like that where you've actually got sort of nice weather and you can sit outside and they do it as proper. You know, who wants to sit here? You know, sitting by the side of the M3. Not exactly the most uh, most scintillating place, is it, really? Well, I don't think so. I mean, you might think differently. You might sort of like places like that. I like, I like the idea. I wish we went on more picnics. We don't seem to do picnics, do we, anymore? Nobody does. But you know why? Because there's too much trouble. Too much trouble. But, of course, years ago when people went on picnics, there was... There was nowhere to, to buy stuff, so you bought the stuff the day before, and your mum made sandwiches and wrapped them either in tin foil or cling film and put them in. You had them in the Tupperware boxes with a pork pie, a tomato, a piece of cucumber, some chocolate biscuits, and a flask, which either had sort of coffee or tea in it, or it had orange squash. And that was it, and you'd sit on a, on a rain-lashed peninsula, you know, the rain coming down, eating it. We thought it was great. We loved it. You see people sitting in laybys. I've seen people sitting in laybys and getting out a little picnic table and chairs. Sitting in a layby. I may ask you. I mean, at least go and sit somewhere nice. Go and sit in the New Forest or go and sit, you know, in centre parks or something like that. You know, in, in Australia, you'd sort of go out for a drive and just go and sit in the outback or failing that, go and sit in your back garden. You know, which is sort of, I suppose, a little bit uh, better. Uh, Warren thinks an in-conversation with Cliff is in order. I absolutely agree. I absolutely agree. I was looking at the download figures. You know, the uh, we, we actually know how many people download. I'd forgotten, actually, how many thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands of you who download the podcasts. Amazing. I heard it the other day, the, the, the other producer. He, um, he, uh, he's gone on holiday. Where's he gone to? I can't remember where he's gone to now. Where did he go? Do you remember where? Somewhere in Europe. Yeah, he's gone to Denmark. That's right. He's, he's gone. He, he did France before, and now he's away for nine days. I've told him there's nothing in Norway at all. Seriously, you might as well stay here. It's far more exciting than it is going into to Norway. I've been to Norway, you know, and Sweden, and uh, different places like that. I oh, know he's going to Copenhagen, because I said you're going to go. There's nothing in Copenhagen apart from the Tivoli Gardens, and that's about the most exciting thing there is. It, and you can go and eat by the side of um, by, by the side of a, a, a canal. In Copenhagen. When we went there, it, it was lovely, actually. It was, you know, if, if you like that kind of thing. I don't, really, I don't know what to say about East European cities, because they all look the same. Belgium was a dump. I wouldn't go to Belgium if you paid me. Ghastly place. So, Budapest, that's quite nice. Budapest, a friend of mine went to Budapest. She loved it. She said it was absolutely fantastic. But she went there for one of these spa hotels. You know, where, where sort of people go to a, a spa hotel and you get treatments. I hate treatments. Seriously, I couldn't. I don't like anything that involves taking your clothes off and being touched. I really, I'm, seriously, I, I can't do anything like that at all. I'm really, I, I know Stephen Mulhern probably loves it, but it's not for me. Somebody bought me a thing once, and it, I told you it was this. It was my birthday. And they went, OK, first of all, we're going to go to Burlington House as an exhibition. Then we're going to go to Fortnum and Mason's for afternoon tea. And then I booked you in a massage at Champneys. Worst thing ever for me. Worst thing ever. Seriously, I just, I'm not very good at taking my clothes off full stop. I don't mind doing it here in the studio because it upsets the producer. But, you know, to actually do it, somebody, and they give you a little towel. They might as well have given me a flannel. Seriously, it was a, I mean, it was, it was so small. And they, and they lie you down and they think you're relaxed. I'm rigid. Rigid with fear. And, uh, and she lights little candles. But, of course, immediately I'm thinking, I live in a world of candles. It's like basically being laid out in a chapel. And so they light candles and then they sort of put on this sort of soothing you know, 
I think it was it was it was music. What was it? It wasn't music. It was waves, waves crashing on the sand, which just made me want to go to toilet. Seriously, I, all I could think about was I'm going to need a wee in about five minutes' time. And then they say, okay, and they start massaging, and I, oh, I hated it. Seriously, I hated it. I thought, don't go anywhere near my nipples, please. And uh, it was, sort of, it was, and then they're sort of doing this, and then and then she goes, can you turn over? So you're wearing, you're wearing what is tantamount to a flannel. So when you turn over, I mean, you know, you know. I, sh- I swear to God, she sniggered. I swear to God, she sniggered like, <laughs> like that. I thought this is just the, the way. I couldn't wait to get out of there. I thought it was the worst thing ever. Why you can't keep your pants on? I don't know. Anyway, uh, Stephen Mulhern is up this morning. Loving that. Why are you up so early? Why are you up so early, young man? I was singing your praises the other day of, um, of, of, of magic magicians because Nigel Mansell was talking about uh, after he had his accident, he turned to magic and, uh, and he loves it. And Stephen Mulhern is a very, 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 very good magician. Really, very, very good magician. He's also got a lot more people following him on Twitter than I have. He's got like, you know, over half a million, which is I don't, I don't think he knows them all personally. <laughs> I'm hoping not anyway. But uh, he also works here in this. But why are you up so early? Are you doing breakfast here this week or something? What's going on? You have to tell me. But uh, anyway, he's lovely and he's very tall. He's very, very tall. Uh, there's a police dog who says uh, on nights, loving the description of the people the police have to deal with. I mean, it's just if you were a police officer now, you spend most of your time dealing with with errant motorists in certain areas. Slough springs to mind and Luton. There are people driving around with no insurance, no MOT. No, no driving licences. No driving licences. They're, they're obviously too stupid to realise that, uh, that people have this automatic camera thing. Uh, the temperature over in um, Turkey is 30 degrees, probably hitting the 40s. The most that we got the other day was Dubai, which was 42 degrees. Somebody wrote to us and said it's 42... I think Warren has said it was 42 degrees, which worked out about 120 degrees. I couldn't... I mean, seriously, I would just... My, my skin has gone all creepy even thinking about it. Seriously, you like that, do you? Would you be happy with that? Yeah, dry... I don't know what it's like. I don't know if it's a dry heat or a wet heat. What's a dry... What, yeah, what's, what's a wet heat? Humidity. Oh, well, that, that would be um, Florida. That'd be Florida. And you only go there anyway because of Zika. That's a place to avoid at the moment. But it was... Uh, I remember, I told you, I stayed with a friend of mine over there and you get used to being in air conditioning in the car, in shopping centres, everywhere. Walk out the house... Hit by a wall of heat, like being in Vegas. You're in the middle of the desert, but because it's all green and lush and everything, it's only over here it looks a bit parched after about three days of sunshine. In Vegas, they've got they're pumping water from God knows where, but it's seriously everything is lush. You don't find anything. The grass is always green. The fountains are always played. You don't find oh terribly sorry. We've had to turn the fountains off. There's a water shortage. They seem to have their own supply. But it's so hot over there. I mean, it's just unbelievable. We would come out. I'd rush to get in the vehicle, put the air conditioning on, because you cannot survive. I'm, I'm rubbish in the heat anyway. I was rubbish at Champneys. Rubbish in the... <laughs> There's not many places I'm good at nowadays, really. I've discovered the older I get, as I'm now heading into the 40s, I've decided that, um, that I can't... Do... I used to do sunbeds at one time, because I used to think misguidedly that a tan made you look healthy. It just made you look a bit like leather. In fact, you need to be like, like the producer, who's sort of pale and insignificant... You know, that's what he's got. He has that sort of wanton look about him. Because to be tanned is... When we went to the south of France years ago, we stayed... Uh, we stayed in uh, this flat owned by this lady who was British. And she was right on the croisette 
which was great, because we used to trundle down to the beach with our typical Brits, you know, baseball cap on backwards, and uh, flip-flops and all the rest of it, with the biggest peaches I've ever seen. We got them at the local deli. Size of footballs. I mean, seriously, you couldn't get it in your mouth. And it's not very often you can say that in this day and age. I mean, these were enormous. They were like the size of watermelons. And, um... But we weren't allowed to hang anything out on the balcony. On the first night we got back, hung our Speedos out, because I was lucky in those days, I was fairly slim and able to wear Speedos. And when you took them off, you suddenly realised how much you tanned, because you, all, your, your middle bits were all white, looked a bit sort of like some old man had given them to you. And then the rest of you was all brown and bronzed till you started peeling. But the one thing that she had in her bathroom, all fake tan. Because the people who live in the south of France and work over there, they don't suntan themselves. Why would you want to age yourself? You know, you see all, all the bimbos from Essex and Chelsea going out to Dubai and everything else. You think, really, your skin is going to look like crumpled old leather if you're not careful. You've got to look after it, especially around your eyes. I nearly had Botox the other day. Nearly. It was a, a momentary lapse. I thought, I, I need, I, I'm not sure if I, I don't think I need it. So I bought some eye cream, uh, which is very expensive. And they say this is, this, it's a temporary fix. So you sort of, I haven't put it on this morning, as you can tell. But, uh, or you can probably hear it in my voice as well. Because if I put it on, I'd be feeling in a better mood. And, and I always start the day in a good mood. Yesterday I was, in a, I was in a particularly good mood and then it rained a little bit. And then I looked at one of the baskets this morning and because the temperature has dropped, it's just collapsed, even though I'd soaked it the other day. So it was all a bit disappointing. Anyway, still to come, the war hero, 96, who's a Facebook legend. Stories like this, I like. It's, uh, oh Lord, late again. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. 10 to 5. 10 to 5, Tuesday, 2nd of August. Come on, wakey, wakey, rise and shine. If you've got to come in and do a breakfast show, you should be up by now. You should be just about getting yourself in gear. You do need that, though, don't you, in the morning? You need to get yourself into gear. It's like sort of rolling out of bed and going, oh, God, how long is it going to take to get ready? Of course, the other day I'd run out of milk. It looked like yoghurt when I poured it out. It was disgusting. So first thing I did yesterday was actually go and get some, uh, some milk. And had that, because it was so much better. So much better. So much nicer. And I need it. I need that kickstart in the morning. It's funny, isn't it? Years ago, I used to laugh about people going, oh, you need a cup of coffee. And then occasionally, if you need a really good cup of coffee, you go for a double espresso. Well, I like takes your head off, for goodness sake. You have a little double espresso. So here, I'm probably drinking too much coffee, but at the moment, it seems to be OK. I'm just not having any adverse effect on me. Uh, Steve, uh, walking through wet, steamy butter, lived three years in Abu Dhabi. Uh, 130 degrees. Oh, dear Lord above. I don't know how you, uh, I don't know how you survive in things like that. I, I, seriously, I couldn't. And, um, Steve, why is it when you get to a certain age, you blink and another year's gone by? Can't believe it's a year ago yesterday that Scylla Black died. I know. It was apparently three years ago that Mike Smith died. The DJ. Mike Smith. I mean, that comes a, a bit of a shock for me. I mean, really, it came as a bit of a shock for me, because when you see people and they look fairly healthy, we were talking about this this morning, um, about, you know, whether or not you, you know about heart attacks. And uh, our newsreaders, Aura Suleiman, was telling me that her father came back and he started getting that tingling. Apparently, the indication is tingling down your arm. And so he phoned the hospital and said, I'm driving myself in. And I said, you know, when you, you read about people in the newspapers and they say, oh, they died of a massive heart attack. And you think, does it just you're walking down the street and all of a sudden it just goes black and you just collapse. And that's it. I mean, I, I really don't know. I don't know anybody who's, you know, who's experienced something like that. Actually, to be honest with you, I don't really want to know about it. I've decided life goes life goes through way, way quickly, way, way quickly. Uh, Kelly's listening in Libya. Oh, somebody's got to be. We get people all around the world, actually. Uh, all around the uh, the world. 
which is quite nice. I quite like that. Uh, looking at the uh, the typhoon, uh, all flights cancelled to Hong Kong. It's now on its way to China. They, because we had one when we were there. And I, I think it was, I'm sure it was Typhoon Mary. And I know that we, I, I, it's funny this, isn't it? Because we were only talking about it the other day when uh, somebody wrote in, uh, Jamie, and said that they were, they were getting ready for it. Because you do watch buildings. They have to build in something in the building so they can move. And you do see things moving and all the, all the squatters who lived on the hillsides, everything flattened completely. Because it's just, I mean, you don't want to go outside. You stay in there and you hope, you hope beyond hope that it, it bypasses you. So it's, uh, it's, it's moving away. It's moving away at the moment. Uh, somebody's got um, a house and it's a derelict house in Croydon. Not Shirley. Lovely. I'm not, I'm not sure, actually. I mean, I wouldn't want to live in Croydon. It's not my sort of thing, is it, really? It's also too far out. I spoke to somebody the other day. One of our presenters here lives in Oxfordshire. Oxfordshire. And gets a coach every day. That must be a couple of hours in and a couple of hours back again, mustn't it? I mean, that seemed like a heck of a journey. I was complaining. Doesn't... What? I have a producer who lives in Croydon. Do I? Does Chris live in Croydon? Does he? Are you sure? I don't remember that. I thought he lives... No, he can't live in Croydon. Well, I don't know. Sometimes we actually get the bus together out here and we sort of, it goes on to Penge. Is that near Croydon? I don't know. I'm not really sure if Penge is near Croydon. Is it? Chris, is it Crystal Palace? Is he? He's got a bicycle as well, apparently. He was telling me about his, uh, his sort of bicycle, and I thought, lovely. It's good, you know. I don't know if he's got, uh, if he's got sort of lycra or something like that to wear. <laughs> we think there'd be quite a lot of lycra, actually, if Chris was, uh, Chris was involved. A lot of people talking about this, uh, this sort of temperature and what you can cope with. And it turns out that none of us can cope with it. We don't need to matter today. It doesn't matter at all because you've got rain and you're going to... What? What's the matter? Honestly, I can always tell when you've got something to say to me and then you hide your mouth so I can't see it. A bit difficult. You're what? You're whatting? Oh, right, OK. Honestly, it just drives you mad, doesn't it, really? Seriously, I mean, I try and bring him into the programme. I try and I try and pretend that we're friends for the purposes of this showbiz programme. So that, you know, and then he sits, sits outside and he's wearing this shirt, which he, I said, oh, that's new. And he said, no, you've seen it before. And I said, I've never seen that shirt before. And then he starts an argument. And I wasn't sure if he was deliberately starting an argument, so I was going to lose my temper. Because if I lose my temper, I mean, there's a very good chance he's going to be carried out of here on a stretcher. You know, and nobody messes with the Allen. They really don't. I've not seen it before. And I'm not going... No, no, the other one was the tablecloth. This is another one. And then he walked out the room and then came back with another shirt completely, which he was wearing. So he's obviously got a selection of shirts hidden in this building for those odd occasions where he has to sort of, you know, kit down for the night, you know, because he's had a bit of a late night. He went out to a party on Friday. It was somebody's leaving do. And uh, I had reports coming back of what it was like. It was uh, apparently a lot of a lot of alcohol was was consumed. Yeah, not not from him because he's way too mean, and uh, he'd rather people went back to his place, but took a bottle. You know the sort of person. You know the sort of person that is. It's sort of somebody said, "Listen, why don't you all come around to my place and uh, I'll I'll do some food, bring a bottle, you know, and that's it." And he stands at the door and he vets it. Now we've had we've had Lambrusco before. Take that away, because a lot of people take a really cheap bottle of wine to a party, don't they, and end up drinking somebody else. I mean, because somebody else has been foolish to take vodka. Or something like that. Uh, me, I'd, uh, I'd, I'd take my own bottle if I do a party. And to be honest with you, I'm not bothered about parties. I take my own bottle and I keep it with me. I'm not putting it on a table. They say, oh, you can put your bottles down there. I think not. I think not. We, 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 we don't do stuff like that. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. 
And uh, Simon says, I'm having pre-melanoma removed tomorrow. Everything OK is caught early. Colour changes, asymmetrical. Uh, itching and scabbing are major flags. It only takes a quick chat with your doctor. Well, I would think you'd notice changes in your body, wouldn't you? I would think you would notice changes. I'm only, I'm only guessing you'd know changes. No, I've never had anything like that at all. I wouldn't, actually. I wouldn't. It wouldn't be my sort of thing at all. But I'm always interested. I'm constantly checking the body. You have to. As you get a little bit older, that's, uh, that's what you have to do. It's the, it's the best and the safest way. Do you want strange things? A friend of mine keeps getting bitten by um, mosquitoes. Literally. But then, of course, once they've actually bitten you, and if ever you've seen them, you see a sort of program on the toe, they put one in a thing, and it's little... Was it called probotis or something? Anyway, that front thing goes into your skin and starts drinking your blood. I mean, to be honest with you, it's not going to drink eight pints, is it? Because it's only a little thing, the mosquito. But then it leaves this thing and it becomes very itchy. So this friend of mine has now got sort of scabs on his legs because he's sort of, he's been itching. He goes, oh, it itches, it itches. And so of course it does. What you've got to do, I mean, it's worse, isn't it? If you've got a really good itch, you go, oh, God, that was amazing. You know, when you sort of sometimes get an itch on your back, you go, oh. There's an advert on the television with a bear up against a tree at the moment. And this bear is, and you know the feeling because we've all done, oh, God, that is great. And then somebody says, shall I scratch your back? You go, oh, God, please, please. I love stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but there again, the one thing I hate doing, I was watching on YouTube the other day. Don't ask me how this one came up. I was obviously looking at some very peculiar stuff. And somebody was tickling this uh, this bloke, tickling him so much, he passed out. He par- he was literally, he was stone cold out for being tickled. And I've seen this before. I hate being tickled. I absolutely hate it. But this bloke, he's going, ah, like that. He tickled, tickled, ah. <laughs> Kids do it as well. You do it to babies. They, uh, and they wet themselves. Uh, my auntie Enid was a bit like that. and uh, But she just did it normally. She'd be walking down the street and go, um, Enid, need to go to the toilet. We used to have a cat like that. Used to sit behind my uh, my poor, poor grandmother, make make a slight noise. And uh, we'd go to my grandmother. She need to go to the toilet. She'd go, no. We'd say, think you better do. Of course, the cat sat there laughing its socks off. Uh, Selfridges have opened their Christmas department, says Andrew. Oh, come on. How old are you? They open it this time every year. I do all the Christmas departments. All of them. You know me. In fact, I'll probably be buying something festive before the weekend. I think before the weekend. I'm going to the Goring the hotel, you know, we've been to the Goring before, actually, for an afternoon tea. They do superb afternoon tea. It's a lovely hotel. Really lovely. They've got the most unusual... I think it was Margaret Thatcher's favourite hotel. She used to go to the dining room there, and it's lovely. We went there ages ago. We were going through a splurge of trying tea in different hotels, and we ended up at the Goring, and if you're lucky enough to sit on the balcony at the back overlooking a private garden... God, that was lovely. Really lovely. I could never afford to stay there, I don't think, but it was really nice. Listen, coming up to the uh, the news, I haven't told you, but I will, about the war hero who's a Facebook legend at the age of 96. And uh, and that's it. You can have a seated shiatsu massage. I've seen them. They sell them in shops. It's a vibrating cushion, isn't it? Is that where you, you put it behind you and it's got rollers in it, which sort of... No? I tell you what, I don't like anything to do with feet. You know, people... Is that... Is that reflexology or something like that, where people massage your feet? Hate that. Absolutely hate that. Anything like that, you go... And you try and sort of hold it back, don't you? Because I don't like it. Like people playing with your feet? No. Men don't generally have sort of good feet, but I just, I just don't fancy the idea of something. And it is that sort of thing, you go... And you try and keep it in, don't you? And you know, and you're like, oh, God, it's getting worse. And then eventually you go... <laughs> Anyway, nice to have your company. It's Steve Allen's Early Breakfast. It's Tuesday, the 2nd of August, the year 
2016. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. How dare you go to the Goring without me, says my friend Michael. <laughs> uh, we'll have to do an afternoon tea soon. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Uh, somebody says, did you just call Espresso Espresso? No. I you need to get your hearing checked out. Honestly, it's something the matter with some people, aren't they? You're a bit sort of remedial. Uh, stupid beyond belief, the young lad in the rhino enclosure in Dublin Zoo. He was lifted over by either his grandfather or some stupid parent. Found after 72 years, Himmler's diaries. They make very, very interesting reading, hopefully to get under the skin of the, uh, the man himself. Uh, Bernie's pilot, Bernie Eccleston, was the mastermind, they say, behind the £40 million kidnap attempt. Perhaps they don't vet his staff anymore. And only 145 days to Christmas. Whoopee! Deck the halls with boughs of Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Glory to the newborn king. Can't wait. I know, everybody hates it, don't they? But actually they don't. Because luckily there are loads of people who absolutely adore Christmas and could live with it all year round. You know, I don't believe you just have to wait till December. That's very dull, isn't it? It shows a very unadventurous mind. Whereas if you celebrate Christmas all year round, and certain people do, admittedly they're very sad, but I think you can mention it 145 days in. Listen, who am I to argue with the great Selfridges or Harrods and places like that that open up their their Christmas departments? People want to buy it. People want to see glitter and, and baubles and trees and snow, and they will all be selling that fake snow rubbish, don't they? You know, where you sort of mix it with water, and then it turns it, and people play with it. They go, oh, you can buy a little tube of it, and it turns... What are you going to do with it? I remember seeing a snowing Christmas tree once. I quite liked it, except the actual receptacle that it was in was a little bit difficult to sort of kind of accommodate. But the rest of it, fine. Absolutely fine. So uh, love that. Absolutely love it. Anything to do with Christmas, the carols, the whole caboodle, I'm there. I'm there. Steve, most folks who suffer heart attacks get advanced warnings but choose to believe it's something else. What else could it be? What else could it be? Like reflux or indigestion. They don't want to believe it's a heart problem. If the symptoms won't go away, see the doctor immediately. I had warning signs for days beforehand, says Jim, but chose to believe it would never happen to me. It could be anybody. I could I could drop dead during this programme. Highly unlikely, of course, but I mean, you know, I could do. I could do. You have to think about these sort of things. And I suppose as you get a little bit older, you think about things all the time. Uh, Susan, sending good wishes to Stephen Mulhern, saying have a good day. When do we not have good days? I can't think of a day that would not be a good day. What would, what would a day be that would not be a good day? In my, in my calendar, a day that... I can't think of anything. A day that would not be a good day. I don't know, petrol goes up beyond, you know, even my capabilities. No, I can't think of anything that could ruin my day. I finish work, you know, half past six... Uh, We do the free podcast. Did I mention the free podcast to you? If you go to the LBC website, download the free app. Free. Costs nothing. And then you get a free podcast sent every day. Join the thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people who every day get the podcast sent to them. Very popular podcast. Thank you very much indeed. And uh, you can, it's, it doesn't cost you a penny piece, which is good. In this day and age, it's quite rare, isn't it, to actually find something that doesn't cost any money at all. And uh, when people say there's no such thing as a free lunch, no, there is on this particular one. Uh, a lot of people talking about... Actually, people were talking about Katie Hopkins, who was complaining about the bike ride. I was complaining about the bike ride. Only because there were lots and lots of small businesses that lost weekend's money. Taxi drivers couldn't drive around the capital to try and pick up fares. It, was, it, was, it just killed everybody's trade for the day. You know, I'm sure cyclists are absolutely wonderful people. I'm sure some of them, a lot of them are complete and utter idiots. But, uh, but there are some who are very nice indeed. But they don't seem to think about anybody else. We have to pay a fortune to be on the road. Cyclists don't. I know they bought a bicycle. 
and that uh, I wish some of the money went to it. And then somebody suggested, rather misguidedly, that we should perhaps have some sort of insurance on bicycles. To be honest with you, you take your life in your hands riding on the roads anyway. I've seen it happen a million and one times. In fact, yesterday when we walked out of here, uh, Charing Cross Road was closed because uh, of an accident. We don't know if it was a vehicle that had hit a cyclist or anything, because it was fairly early in the morning, so we had to walk down. And uh, half the buses didn't know which way they were going. So as we walked round, the bus came behind us, which is where it should have been. But uh, we were told it wasn't because the first one we'd seen, it's just to, uh, you know, it, it, so we ended up walking down the strand as one went straight past us. The other one vanished into thin air. We had the bus app. He said, it'll be three minutes. Well, we waited three minutes and then he looked at it. He said, it's gone. I said, gone where? He said, I don't know. It's just gone. Just to irritate the people, said Andrew, moaning about Christmas. When do you start sending your cards out? Uh, I'll tell you when I'll be buying them. In about a month's time. I do the same thing every year. I get a big box of uh, handmade cards from Costco. And uh, I send those out. They're lovely. They're lovely cards. They're handmade. And, uh, you know, and I just think you can't beat a nice looking card for Christmas. Uh, but one year in Costco, they had musical cards. You bought a whole box of about 30, I think, of music. Each one was a musical card just to really annoy people. But uh, no, I, don't, I, I send cards out a bit earlier than I should. Sometimes I just hand deliver. I just hand deliver cards. And uh, I'm quite happy with things like that. But uh, it's nice, isn't it? You know, I do get uh, pod cards and... Uh, Sorry, I do get a lot of, uh, of cards. The, the, the same dreary person going, espresso and espresso. No, it's espresso. Espresso. No, you need to get your hearing sorted out, OK? Because very soon you can have no friends at all to write to. Uh, a day without Steve Allen is a bad one, says David. Yeah, but have you ever known such a day? When was there such a day? A day without Steve Allen, the man who does not take holidays. Uh, not really, unless they're forced on him, but I, they don't force holidays on me. I don't think they want me to take holidays either, to be honest with you. As long as the health holds up, I'm fine. Although somebody told me about a good chair that's in one of the other studios. Somebody told me this morning, I think Zora said, that in my friend Mr M's studio, they've got different chairs. Because I've been having a bit of trouble recently with the back of my leg. Uh, and I think it's because of where I'm sitting on the chair. And what I need to do is get their, their chairs, which apparently are good for your legs. So... Uh, so that, that, that's exactly what it is, actually. Uh, 84850, uk, And uh, Grace says, I love taking a picnic to open fields and parks in London. I've done it recently with the church. Salmon and roast mushrooms. Salmon and roast mushrooms. That's an odd combination, isn't it? Salmon and roast mushrooms. And a nice baked fruit and custard for myself. Oh, I was watching... Uh, what was I watching the other day? It must be some cooking programme on the BBC. It's got John Tarodon, who we love to piece in. It's got the irritating other one, who we don't like. And it's got some third-rate celebrities, most of whom I've never heard of, including Louise Minchin, who's another newsreader from the BBC, who yesterday looked like she had a right old cob on. Seriously, she was sitting there. She looked face like thunder and very authoritative. But uh, in the next minute, oh, I'm a, I'm a personality on the television cooking. And apparently she wants to take over one of the programmes. What is it with these blasted newsreaders that all of a sudden somebody goes, you know, we think you've got a personality. We can't find it, but we think you've got one. And they start sort of doing cooking programmes. Why aren't they just satisfied with it? Why do they want to bore the pants off everybody in the country? But anyway, she was in a very bad mood yesterday. I could always tell. I could tell by the way she was sitting there, not engaging with anybody at all. She was trying to sort of, she's probably thinking, I'm fed up with this newsreading malarkey, sitting here next to Charlie State. And uh, so they obviously all try and find different things to do, don't they? So they go, oh, I think I can do cooking now, and all the rest of it. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. And uh, there's one from Michael. 
who says, uh, loving the programme every morning. I'm part of the uh, four o'clock spike. Good. Thank you very much indeed. I'm very happy. Uh, the bonking MP, Simon Danjuk, he's, uh, uh, there are calls that they say he's actually brought the town into disrepute because he, uh, he bonked on his, uh, on his desk in the office. Um, which is a little bit sad, isn't it, really? Old man, bonks girl he met on the, uh, on the internet. And, uh, but as I say... I don't really have a problem with it. I, don't, I couldn't really care less what people do. It was behind closed doors. And if that's what he chooses to do, you know, old man pulls young girl. Fair enough. It was obviously consensual. It must have been. It didn't take her long to, uh, to sort of get herself over the desk. However, over in the Royal Navy, they were having a little bit of trouble there with an officer who groped a colleague's breast as they showed young sea cadets around a nuclear submarine. Lieutenant Basil Perdue. Quite a nice name, isn't it? Lieutenant Basil Perdue, 26, has been sacked in disgrace. Can't do things like that. He's obviously a rather silly person. He got a three-month suspended jail term, ordered to pay his victim 750 quid, and he's got to sign the sex offenders register. Uh, the court-martial heard that married Perdue... Oh, God, married as well. What if the wife will stick with him? But anyway, he's now got to sign the sex offenders register. He told the woman, I'm going to you later as they took the youngsters on a submarine tour. He outranked his victim, denied sexual assault, and uh, he's now lost his career and a way of life he excelled at. Well, he's obviously some sort of pervert. Can't have somebody like that on a submarine, can you? That's not normal, otherwise people live in fear, don't they? That somebody's going to take advantage of them because of their, their rank. I mean, at the end of the day, all you're dealing with is a sex assault. I couldn't care less whether it's by an officer or whether it's by a bunch of penguins who've jumped somebody. I, I really couldn't care less. As far as I'm concerned, a sexual assault is a sexual assault and you have to you have to pay for it. Oh, made in Chelsea's boring old Binky Felsted. Oh, Lord, another take your clothes off thing. Your parents must be so thrilled, Binky. I bet they go around. Look, there's a picture of our half naked daughter again. Will be. She's called Binky. Anyway, she's uh, stripped naked for a, a health shoot. In other words, it's, she's obviously not difficult. Oh, Binky, get your kit off, love. OK, thank you. Oh, you're naked already. Well, a little bit quicker than we imagined. OK, we're going to need to um, airbrush quite considerably. OK, can you try and look sexy? Sexy. Can you try and oh, find somebody else? Is, is, is Madonna's available? She's available. I have to airbrush her quite a bit. What are you looking at outside? Is it raining? Is it raining? I love it when it's raining. I've got my magical umbrella with me today. My umbrella that lights up. I absolutely adore it. I've, I've never been brave enough to use it out. Don't put, please, please don't climb out the window, please. It's very embarrassing. We don't want to lose the producer halfway. Well, I don't know, maybe. But uh, I bought this umbrella some years ago. Wait a minute. And uh, I bought it from, where did I buy it from? I'm just, just turning the lights off a bit, making it a bit more exciting. And, uh, and I bought this umbrella from, I can't remember where, but it's, it's so, I know you're not supposed to put an umbrella up indoors, but, uh, Look, and so it's got... Can you see them? You probably can't... Can you see them? And all over the top. It's all colour-changing lights on it. Do you think that's nice? Do you, I mean, would you notice that if you walked down the street with that on? Well, I, well, I don't, because I think it's just quite quite nice. Don't you think so? But Mary Poppins. I don't have a problem with Mary Poppins. I quite like the idea. I used it coming out of the, uh, the Royal Albert Hall one year after the Festival of Remembrance. Actually, I actually quite like the lights off in here. I quite like this. This is quite nice. You think it's better? Yeah. You can't see me at all, can you? You like that idea. Very rude. No loyalty anymore, is there, really, honestly? You, you, you bring them up, you bring them over from Australia, you know, you try and be nice to them, and, uh, and what do you get? Nothing but abuse. Nothing but abuse. You're listening to a podcast from LBC.
hilarious, was it? Six times, I think, Nick tried to ask the question. And each time, this poor man just didn't know the answer. These people were illegal. You know, perhaps if they come and take your job away and then they get, oh, come on, give them your job. Don't be so silly. Never heard anything like it. There's some quite clear. But there again, people believe in ghosts, don't they? And they follow UFOs and things like that. So it comes as no surprise to me that there's some really unintelligent people out there who go picketing a, a, a restaurant because they managed to get rid of some illegal workers. <laughs> don't quite see it myself. Anyway, Nick did try. He did try. He asked about six times. Uh, anyway, uh, on Nick Ferrari at breakfast, the Labour MP, uh, Thangham Debonair, said male refugees coming to Britain need to be properly taught how to treat women in order to prevent assault and sexual harassment. And there is such a case in the paper of a man who was uh, granted asylum here. Within a matter of months, he'd raped a woman. And we've had uh, a few paedophiles from Ethiopia and Syria who have no idea how to treat anybody at all. So uh, I wonder really whether or not a class can bring and bridge cultural differences. As a driver and a biker get into a fight on an open road, why is this the way of dealing with road rage? A driver and a biker, Lord. And as the US launches airstrikes on uh, ISIS in Libya, Nicola, should the UK follow? That's Nick and the team from Seven after the morning news with Lisa Aziz. The guest paper reviewer today is the Channel 5 news presenter, Emma Crosby. And she's going to be with uh, with Nick. Look, I must I forgot to tell you the story earlier on. I kind of moved away from him, which is a bit of a shame, really, of a lonely war veteran who's a hero again. This is Ted Fullerton. Ted is 96 and he served with the RAF in Burma during World War Two and wears his medals with pride. But the widower didn't think anybody was interested in his life until a post about him went viral. Ben Lopez, the bar manager at Ted's Local, put his picture on Facebook and introduced him to users. He wrote, he came into my pub today for dinner. I couldn't help but notice the medals on his chest and uh, and ask him about his life and to say thank you for saving our country. He became really overwhelmed and cried. He said, thank you, young man. No one cares about what I've got to say anymore. Anyway. The post has been viewed more than 200,000 times, shared nearly 90,000 times and had 53,000 comments. Ted, who's blind in one eye, had never heard of Facebook. Well, he wouldn't. He's 96. He said, I'm delighted and amazed that people from all over the world now know who I am and I know people really do care. Ben, who works at the Duke of Cumberland in Cottingham, in East Yorkshire, which sounds delightful, doesn't it? Says, we're getting people messaging him from America and New Zealand. A lot of people want to meet Ted. He joined the RAF at 18. He wanted to be a pilot, but served as an engineer, keeping planes airworthy. His wife, Irene, died in 2004. I've never heard of somebody wearing their medals going to the... The only bit I question is wearing your medals going to the pub. But apart from that, you know, is that nice that at 96 people know who he is? And he becomes famous on the internet. And people, of course, there's going to be people now who are going to write horrible things about him because that's what trolls are, isn't it, really? People who should be taken out and basically incarcerated for the rest of their life. I love it when we finally get them. Uh, Raring to go, says Kevin O'Sullivan. Oh, he's going up to Sky News today. Honestly, how much makeup are they giving him? I do. But actually, somebody else. Sorry, changing the subject, Kevin. I know you're listening. Um, uh, Amanda says, you bought the umbrella from Play.com. And CJ says, I picked up on Louise Minchin's bad mood yesterday. It stood out so much. Yes, normally she's all giggly and girly. All twinky twinky. But yesterday, she looked like she was in a foul mood. Seriously. I mean, it was noticeable. I spotted it immediately. And uh, somebody, Tony says she'll soon try and muscle away onto Strictly, no doubt, followed by trying to launch some kind of presenting career. Well, I mean, if you've got poor old Sarah Khan, I mean, I think that's going to finish when she comes out of the Big Brother house. Nobody really gives a stuff about her. There's all these people. They all try and do it, don't they? Uh, and it's, it's in a desperate attempt 
It's it's got nothing at all to do with sort of furthering a career. It's because they're they're just de- desperately attention seeking. But yesterday, definitely, Louise Minchin was was in one hell of a foul mood, and all she was trying to do is get round it by just reading the script that she was was on the auto cue. But uh, she wasn't doing very well. There was no uh, there was no sort of. Uh, sort of any sort of empathy or anything with poor old Charlie State, who obviously had to sit. Perhaps she'd been told, listen, uh, we don't want you doing any more of these cookery programmes. You're not devoting enough time to working on the show or so. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, what people call a heart attack, says Pete, is an arterial blood clot, which usually gives advanced symptoms. A cardiac arrest uh, is when the heart just stops beating. It can happen for a variety of reasons. Lovely. Sue Ann says, I'd love an umbrella that lights up. It's Gay Pride Brighton. Perfect. So play, play.com, apparently. Play.com. You're only going to see it at night time. It doesn't really show up. I had to turn the lights off in the studio, which the producer absolutely loved it. Actually, he loved it because all of a sudden he didn't actually have to uh, to see me. And uh, you like that, didn't you? You like that. Are you single at the moment? I forgot to ask. I know you were yesterday and the day before and all of last year, but I just wondered, is it still still single? Is it? I just check. just like to check here. I just like to know these sort of things. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. The funny thing, he's sort of mistaking me taking the mickey out of him as being, you know, sort of something derogatory, but it's not. I, I care for him, you know, in the same way that you care for an abandoned kitten. You know, it's... <laughs> It's as good as that, I think. Uh, 84850, Hugh says, I missed the 4am spike. Right, you're out. <laughs> I'm not going to bother with you ever again. I told you what time this programme starts. I don't know why people are not following it. It starts at 4 and it finishes at 6.30. We have a free podcast, free, absolutely free. And then we have a paid-for podcast where the uh, producer, the abandoned kitten, he uh, he sort of takes out the adverts and uh, the travel and the news and things like that. So you just get the programme. So you're just hearing this bit. If I then go to a you don't hear that because he's taken it out. And so uh, that's how it works. I did that once, actually, on the programme. I started it again because uh, we had a new new producer and I was determined to wind him up. So I went, it's 24 minutes past... No, 20... Twenty. Oh, I'll record this this bit again. He didn't know what on earth was going on. It was like I was talking double Dutch as far as he was concerned. But I don't mind that. I don't mind that. Unless it keeps people on their toes, for goodness sake. That's what we're in the business of, isn't it? Uh, also, the paper today, well, apart from uh, Marnie uh, getting the boot, or she will hopefully get the boot from Big Brother, but of course, you know, she won't because they keep people in there and there's not really enough uh, people to vote because there's not enough people watching it. Down on uh, last year's figures. Down on last year's figures, which I'm not surprised about. I'm really not, because it's, it's not as exciting. And also, there's no celebrities. I mean, if Grant Bovey, horrible piece of work, actually thinks that he's a celebrity, we're in a really worst, worse situation than I ever thought we were. Um, but they've got here... Uh, somebody was in the, the bathtub for two hours the other day, and uh, this is... Uh, oh, I can't remember that. Heavy D got upset. This is Colin. Heavy D, honestly. What a sad person he must be. What's your name, love? Uh, it's Colin. All oh, right. What do you call yourself, Heavy D? Is it because you're fat? No? It's, that's your nickname, is it? Who, who gives you that? More stupid people that you know. But anyway, um, Heavy D, Colin, claims uh, he got upset because Chloe said she was single, so he wrote a love poem to her. Have you seen Chloe? <laughs> really bad. And, uh, and then she said she was attached. She said, why would she do that to me? Because it's easy to wind you up because you're thick. It's not difficult, is it? Yeah, I really love you. Not really. <laughs> Chloe clearly doesn't have the X factor when it comes to the general knowledge. She, she said, uh, a fish is not an animal. Lovely. And uh, Cheeky Lewis gave Frankie a sneaky look at his bits downstairs. And, um, and that's about it. I mean, it's, it's just a bit tragic. Uh, mind you, not half as tragic as old Donald Trump's uh, uh, wife and all the nude pictures of her. 
What was she working as, you ask yourself? These are very odd pictures. I mean, most of it's been censored. She was posing on his private jet, but somebody's got these pictures. They're either releasing them or they've just decided to embarrass her completely. Mind you, talking of being embarrassing, poor old desperado Catherine Tildesley really needs to go back to acting school. It's a bit lame at the moment. Was left red-faced after filming a block of scenes with her skirt tucked into her knickers. She played, I have to tell you who she plays because none of you will know. She plays somebody called Eva Price. She had no idea and had to reshoot the scenes, leaving castmates in stitches. Obviously, she's fed that story to the newspapers because she's so, she's so desperate for, uh, for attention. You're going to get a month's rainfall. I don't think it's going to be today, but you're certainly going to get a month's rainfall. It's going to come down and we're all going to go, oh, month's rainfall. Not so great, is it? And we're going to go, listen, it's only water, for goodness sake. It doesn't really make any difference. Uh, also, what a pubby giggle. A bar's McFacelift, a landlord, has left his regulars in stitches by changing the boozer's name to Pubby McPubface. And apparently, I suppose if you're drunk going to this place, you would be in stitch. Oh, ha, ha, what's he done? He changed the name to Pubby McPubface. Ha, 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 ha. Give me a needle and cotton. I'll sew my sides up. They must be an absolute wow down there. An absolute wow. Oh, look, a picture of somebody we thought had passed on. That's um, Helen Flanagan. Good God, you're not still going, are you, dear? I thought your career finished ages ago. What's she doing at the moment? Answer, not too sure. But somebody's written to the Daily Star saying, can we see more of her? Oh, you really can. Believe you me. And it's so easy. Uh, who's the toast of the White Isle? Yes, it's 35-year-old, at least. Paris Hilton. And here she is. They still call her an heiress. She's heiress to nothing. I do. It's just shoddy, lazy journalism. Really, not uh, not very good at all. And uh, Aiden is too sexy. Fans fury at the BBC. Something about Poldark. But as I don't watch Poldark, it doesn't really help. I've got no idea. I never watched it first time round. Didn't watch it second time round. Not interested. It's obviously geared to sort of try and get people you know, going and they get excited and they say, oh, you know, should we axe this programme? They're axing Game of Thrones, as I said uh, the other day. And a lot of people are saying, whoa, what do you mean axing Game of Thrones? I don't know what the reason is. I, I seriously don't know. I tried to find out the other day. I don't know if they just think it's got to the end of it, but I know it's got a huge audience, huge audience. I'm one of your original listeners since the, uh, since the 80s. Privileged to be followed by you on Twitter. We have so much in common. Uh, I don't like holidays. Heat, parties, love the goring, but hate Christmas, especially the build-up. You see, me, I can't, I can't get enough of Christmas. I really cannot get enough of Christmas. I could, I mean, I could run a Christmas shop. I could live in Lapland. You know, to me, it's uh, every day. It's, it's, a, it must be a childhood thing. I don't know why. He says, but I was born and raised in Croydon when it was a nice place. Ian's now in Banstead. <laughs> Best place, I think. I've never been to Banstead, but it sounds lovely. Uh, Sarah and Sarah say you're a requirement for the ambulance crews of East London, battling towards the end of another long night shift. Thank you for keeping us going, sending much love, and thank you for helping us see the funny side of another long, thankless shift. They're on K132. Well, thank God for people like you. That's all I say. Thank God for people like you. People get treated very badly. People don't, don't know how to treat people anymore, do they? They really don't. Dame Edna Everett just said that the youth of today just don't have any manners. I saw somebody the other day, I mean, I only dragged them off the bus myself, pushing in in front of elderly people. I was that elderly person. Get off the bus! They don't learn, do they? Perhaps it's a foreign thing. Perhaps, perhaps you know, if you go to East European countries, perhaps they don't let people, perhaps they don't look after elderly people. I thought they always did, but obviously not. I love this here. It's, it's not actually funny, because when I was little... Uh, I had chicken pox. I had chicken pox, measles, mumps, whooping cough, you name it, I had all of them. And the idea was that you were supposed to get all of them while you were young. 
Whooping cough was where you said, who? Every time you sort of coughed. Measles, uh, where you had lots of little dots on you. And chicken pox. And there's a picture of a poor kitty in the paper here. And the receptionist told the mother uh, it, it doesn't need a, a GP. And this is the worst case of chicken pox they've ever seen. I mean, it's seriously, it's like you could join the dots up and make another picture of another child. It's seriously so bad. I'm going to find out. This, this poor little child, Jasper, had to spend five days in hospital, had to be put on an intravenous drip and given morphine. I'm going to find out which, which person, which receptionist would tell the mother of a toddler with the worst ever of chicken pox, this person doesn't need a GP. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. 27 minutes to six. It's Tuesday, the 2nd of August. We're racing through. Seriously, I mean, now is the time you start losing the hanging baskets. The garden looks decimated and the rain has come down and you're thinking, oh, just when we wanted it and now all of a sudden we've got it and we don't want it. But you will know that it's a bit colder out there this morning. So you're probably going to change your shirt for something a bit long sleeved and, you know, the uh, the hidey the high shirts might not make it. And uh, well, I hope they do anyway. Uh, there's also the story today of Pokemon Go. There's barely a day goes by before we don't mention Pokemon Go. Could it revive the Church of England? I mean, when, when I first heard this story uh, and I put it to the producer, he said, oh, what, 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 what's the story, Steve? And I said, we have to listen to the programme, you know, to find out. I'm not sort of going to reveal my sources straight away. But uh, they say here that the Church of England clergy were told yesterday to exploit the fashion for Pokemon Go as a means of boosting congregations. I mean, I don't quite see that myself, but the craze for hunting virtual creatures gives vicars an unprecedented chance to meet people who might not normally come to church. Well, unless you can promise them a Pokemon Go on the high altar, they're not really going to be that interested, are they? So, in other words, during the church service, when some people are trying to sort of be terribly religious, there are going to be other people there with with their phones going, I got one, I got one! And then the vicar standing there and said, dearly, but we're... I got one too! I got one too! And the choir going, so have we. And it's going to be going like that all the way through, isn't it, really? Anyway, they urged to take advantage of passing players by offering them drinks and snacks. Fantastic! Booze in prison as well. A sozzled vicar and... Blood of something. And uh, Pokemon Go... Pokemon Go again! There's one in the vestry. Could be very exciting. Anyway, they've been told they should download the game so they can check if their church is a location likely to attract players. They are joking, aren't they? I mean, are, are congregations dwindling that much within the Church of England that they have to attract people in? I mean, to be honest with you, if they had all nude services, that would be a little bit better, wouldn't it? The people doing Pokemon Go. Because it only appeals to people up to a certain age, you know, 24s, 25s, things like that. I don't really think you find people older than that. I think the cut-off point is probably about 24. And uh, that's it. And mo- most vicars, you know, I mean, you get some trendy vicars. There's one that they put on. I don't think she's trendy at all, actually. But they've, uh, but they've got one on Gogglebox. And she sort of sits there with a glass of booze, sort of, you know, passing comment on TV programmes, watching on DVD. But there you go. Uh, but apparently they say Pokemon Go. Uh, and what, what th- this advice circulated to clergy by Tally Proud, an official of the Archbishop's Council, said the game has been an overnight sensation. Your church might be a poke stop. Is that what they call it? A poke stop. Pokey stop. All right, Pokestop. Okay, Uh, One of the landmark players have to visit to get items they need to play the game. Pokemon Go is therefore giving churches a great opportunity to meet people who might not normally come to church. Churches are recommended to be advertising their welcome to players throughout Twitter and follow the example of Christchurch Stone near Stoke-on-Trent, which organised a Pokemon party with free food. 
Which that seems fair enough, doesn't it? Mind you, I remember years ago when we used to go to church um, fairly regularly. Because you do, when, you, when you're a child, you go and we, we sort of went... To, I mean, I don't know whether it made any difference to my life. I've, I'm really not too sure. But it, it's quite nice to go there. But I used to hate the bit where they used to bring round the offertory and they would start at the end of your line and then you'd have to put money in there. Well, I never had any money, so I used to put opal fruits in, thinking the vicar would be quite pleased to get a, a lime opal fruit as opposed to the usual coinage. But then, then, then they actually changed it. And they started giving you little envelopes so nobody could see how much money you were giving. And I was never sure how much money it raised. I mean, I, 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 you, you did it. You passed it along the row and then it got to the end. Then they passed it to the person in front and then it came back to you and then you did the next row and so on and so forth. And I used to think to myself, I, I used to think, I wonder why, why they have to do this. Don't they get any money for anything else? Uh, churches suffer, but I think uh, over the, the time, people don't go anymore as we become more multicultural the church becomes a little bit redundant and uh, now you find vicars running about three churches running from one to the other it's all it's all a bit a uh, bit of a shame actually fans tempted to pay for two seats at the sold out harry potter play we yesterday warned their tickets may be void how much are they looking for three thousand pounds that's nearly 50 times the cost of a 30 pound ticket the cheapest available another site has one ticket at 1150 quid Wow. Don't don't waste your money, seriously, on things like that. I mean, that is just... That's absolutely ridiculous to pay something like that. I mean, it's, for, it's supposed to be for ordinary people, isn't it? £3,000. Good God, just wait until you can get a ticket for it. You, eventually you will, and it'll be worth waiting for, like all of these things. And uh, Now, what are you buying your producer at Christmas, says Andrew? Oh, same as I bought him last year, only a lot more of it. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing at all. It's a bit difficult to buy... You know, I mean, what do you buy somebody like him who has everything? I mean, the simple answer is penicillin. But I decided that maybe that, that wasn't the best idea. So I don't know what to buy. I mean, generally for, for Christmas, if I've still got the same producer, you know, and sometimes I manage to have a word with the managers. We get them removed about November the 15th. So then I don't have to buy them anything. I go, oh, God, they're passed on to somebody else. And I get somebody new who doesn't get a prize or a present because um, they've not been on the programme long enough. You have to earn... To earn your spurs in this day. And I don't know what to... I thought tin of toffees or something like that. That would be sort of something nice, wouldn't it? Tin of quality street, fiver. It's all right. How much more money do you want? I mean, no point in buying him anything exotic. There is no point in buying him, say, you know, a nice expensive candle. He wouldn't appreciate it. He wouldn't appreciate it. Because, you know, it would then spoil him for sort of the finer things in life. And, of course, he can't afford the finer things in life. So the idea is that you don't spoil somebody like that. I don't want to insult him by giving him money. So I've come up with an idea, which I think is, is the gift that keeps on giving. It's a signed photo of me on the Radio Times. And I'm going to have it uh, f- framed, because I'm far too mean to actually you know, have a proper photograph taken. And I'm going to cut it out. Even my boss asked me the other day uh, whether or not I was going to get it framed. And I what do you do with 100 copies of the Radio Times? Anyway, so I'm going to give one to the producer, get it framed up cheaply. I'll have to go to Poundland. I'm just going to sign it, you know, to whoever, and uh, all the best, Steve, you know, and that's it. I don't want to make it look too familiar. So that'd be a nice present, won't it? I'm sorry if I preempted your your gift now. By the way, I'm not wrapping it. It comes in the Poundland bag, the same as all of them. Uh, 84850, steve at Stuart says, I heard you talk about heart attacks. I had one just over two years ago, and I didn't even know about it until I had tests for sharp pains. It's blooming scaring. Uh, scary. I should imagine it probably is, actually. I don't want one. Uh, Jane says, uh, or Janet, I live near Banstead, and it's a very nice place. A very nice place, which is, uh, well, there you go. We, we had a recommendation. 
And uh, currently in Suffolk is Laurie, who says, please wish mum 77 and dad 81 getting well soon. Just been moved out uh, of HDU. They were in a head-on collision by a van driver who was on the wrong side of the road. Multiple injuries. Van driver, a few bruises. Thank God they're slowly improving. I tell you, I see the most horrendous things on the television now. They show these people who get chased by the helicopters. There's no escaping. They're going to get you at some point. You know, you might think for a little while you can probably get away with something like that, but uh, but you really can't. They find them, they get the helicopters up, a little bit like the BBC, but this time it's uh, it's in a, a very good cause, and they get these people off the, off the road as quick as possible. Uh, also, the paper today, exercises. I'm not going to give them to you because it's uh, it's far too time-consuming. Exercises to beat back pain that really work because it is the worst thing. I saw some guy the other day and he said, uh, oh, I've got most awful back pain, Steve. And I said, well, you need to go to the doctors. They, they generally sort of try and fob you off and just say you need to go and get some painkillers. But, you know, you need something a bit stronger for back pain because it can be absolutely agonising. It, it can be one of the worst pains I think I've, uh, I've ever experienced. Uh, more on uh, Bernie Eccleston's mother-in-law. Bernie Eccleston's uh, mother-in-law has now been freed. The pilot formed a friendship with the target. He knew her movements when Bernie and his wife were away. They always say it's an inside job, don't they? That's what they say in this particular case. No money changed hands. So that was uh, so that was uh, good news. Uh, here we go. A roof over your head. It's a national emergency. Now, a lot of people I know that Darren was talking about this earlier on cannot afford to buy their own property because you generally get up to four times your salary. And that's that's about as good as you, you might get a bit more with some of them. So if you're earning, say, 30,000 a year, they will lend you up to, say, 120,000 pounds. Well, you know, there's not a lot you can get for £120,000. Looking, you know, I mean, if you want to go and live in Leeds, an average three-bed semi is 106000 so I'm assuming flats would be a little bit cheaper. In Birmingham, it's 183000 Hull, but I mean, dear Lord, nobody wants to live there. 95000 for a three-bed semi. Can't even buy a flat round our way. They start at 500000 Uh In Manchester... Three-bed semi, 170,000. 140 grand in Liverpool and in Newcastle, 173,000. Thought it would have been the other way around. Average salaries in these places in Manchester, 27 and a half, 26 in Liverpool, 26 in Newcastle, 24 in Hull. But so your money's going to go a little bit further. And uh, 28,000 in Birmingham, 27,000 in Leeds. So around the country, people are really struggling. So people rent. Which, as anybody will tell you, you might as well throw your money down the drain because you know, you're only lining somebody else's pockets. So it's, that's where parents come in or a lottery win or something like that. Because if your parents can lend you money to get you on the ladder, like giving you the deposit, as long as you can afford to pay it back because you don't want to have the place repossessed. But I promise you one thing, when you take on a mortgage for the first time, if you're a young person, you suddenly realise that all the things that you took for granted at home, like bread and butter and cheese, and toilet paper, and soap, and shower gel, and bleach, and washing powder. You've got to buy it all yourself. You've got to buy everything. That's why all of a sudden people go, oh, God, it's so expensive. You go down to the, the supermarkets, the little corner shops are quite expensive for individual items. So you need to do a big shop, but if you're struggling with a mortgage, you can't afford to run a car. And you do see people standing at the bus stops now with about 20 bags from Iceland. You think, God, you know, there must be a closer Iceland. Get it delivered. I don't think you have to pay to have stuff delivered to you from Iceland. I, I wasn't sure if it was a, a free service if you spent over a certain amount of money. But you suddenly realise it's so expensive. Bedding. You start asking for Christmas presents. Uh, duvet covers? Duvet covers, please? 
pillows, cushion covers. Fur- Where's the furniture coming from? You know what the furniture's like in rented places. It's generally a bit ropey. And a lot of places, they don't rent with furniture. You've got to bring your own furniture in, which means if you've got to vout after a while... It, uh, you don't know what to do with it, do you? So you try and pass it on to the next person. Uh, one of your listeners mentioned the Goring Hotel, and with you talking about delivering Christmas cards, made me think that uh, wouldn't Christmas at the Goring be magical, says CJ. I should imagine. It's probably absolutely gorgeous. I love, all, I love wandering into the London hotels. I think that's, that's one of my favourite things to do and see how they actually do it, how they do it at uh, Christmas. Uh, which paper of the back exercise is in, says Nina? Um, it's in the Daily Mail. Today, it, it's a big problem for people. I mean, some of it involves sort of like oh, just bending over and then oh, bending back again and doing other little things, which makes it easy. Because once, once your back's gone, you can be in um, be in a lot of trouble. Andrew from uh, from Pontypri says maybe they should call it Popemon. Popemon wasn't the Pope doing something? Has he been in Poland recently? Hasn't he? He seems quite. A, yeah, he's been doing outdoor masses. For people and of course all the young people get their tents out and you know we we love the pope and all that kind of stuff you know all the people who've gone to rome going we're we going to see the pope no he's in poland so you just have to contend yourself with the fact that you can you can go round and have a look it's, it's quite awe-inspiring rome it's just filthy and full of graffiti it really is steve redgrave says it's easier for posh kids to get gold at the olympics uh, he said private schools give them the boost they're also not as not as busy are they as uh, some of the other places and uh, you've got to you've got to want to do it talking of wanting to do it he's done it he's conquered america it's a difficult thing to do for any artist but james corden has uh, has literally won over the americans and uh, he featured on in conversation a while ago but now he's big star he's got uh, you know 1.5 billion people tuning into carpool karaoke and he's had everybody on there He's had all the Red Hot Chili Peppers did it naked. David Beckham did it, but nobody really knows David Beckham, do they? And uh, Michelle Obama. He's had everybody. And he's worked really well over there, which, as I say, is very difficult because they don't generally accept the Brits at all. Uh, Ben Winston is Corden's friend and producer and said, Michelle Obama's team reached out to us. We bit her hand off because, you know, people want that. They suddenly realise that somebody's got one and a half billion hits. Get them on the programme. Get them on the programme as quick as possible. And people love him. He's very personal. He said, uh, he's, he's quoted a saying in one of the interviews today. He said, I don't mind if people don't like me. It doesn't really bother me. I can't imagine anybody not liking him. I don't really, I can't understand why you would not. He's, uh, he's uh, a very, very good actor. He's a very nice person. And the Americans absolutely adore him. That can only be good news, can't it? I do hope so. Uh, 84850, Steve at lbc.co.uk. So the architect of evil. In a moment, the diaries of the Nazi monster found 71 years on. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Somebody called JC says, uh, Tony Beak would be very good. And he's not cheesy. Oh, he's absolutely cheesy. He's like a little oil slick. Oh, he's dreadfully creepy. Dreadfully creepy. No, definitely not him. No, definitely not him. I know people are saying, oh, Tony B could be really good at... This is Anton Dubeck, incidentally. Just tried to make himself sound a bit more interesting by calling himself Anton Dubeck as opposed to Tony Beak. Which, of course, doesn't sound at all interesting, does it, really? But, uh, no, he's definitely creepy. Oh, definitely cheesy. Definitely cheesy. I don't think you get anybody more, more cheesy than him. Oh, no, definitely not. Oh, he sort of... He oils himself around the... Uh, around... Uh, around programmes. Steve, I had major spinal surgery at 16, now 35. If I hadn't had it, I'd have been in a wheelchair for five years by now. The surgeon invented the metal fixator. It was like the human version of the SuperVet. I love that programme, actually. I think it's quite good. He must be making an absolute fortune. 
Uh, and somebody enjoying the, uh, the, the Pope, Popemon puns. And uh, thank you, Andrew, very much indeed for that one. Yes, we like anything to do with sort of Pokemon. We don't know what it is. We have no idea. We, we, sort, of, we, we, we sort of talk about Pokemon Go and... I just don't know how it works. I don't know why all of a sudden these things can appear in a church. Somebody's obviously got to place them there, haven't they? Or, they, they? or do they just appear on the phone, on the photo? It's just... I know you've shown me how it works, but it didn't, it didn't mean anything to me. I didn't, it went in one ear and came out the other. And I didn't really... Are you doing it now? Can you, I know you're working now. I know that. That's why I asked if you were doing it now. So can you do it from here, going to different places? Or do you... You can look for Pokemon here, but you can't look for other places unless you're actually in the other places. Unless you walk somewhere. There's a hot spot here. Where? Well, who actually put it there? Did, did somebody put the hot spot there? Oh, right, it's just here, is it? Where, where about? Where you are or where I am? Oh, you haven't looked yet. Okay. Ordinarily, you would... Uh, it's a hot spot for Pokemon. Oh, right. But why? Why, why, why is it a hot spot for... Why, why is here in particular in this building a hot spot for Pokemon Go? All right, okay. But who actually puts it here? Is is there a person sitting in an office somewhere in Guatemala or you know San Francisco who goes, "Let's put a Pokemon in in Global Towers"? Is that you just catch a Pokemon? Right, you don't ask. Oh, right, okay. Don't you ask where? Don't you ask where they come from? I think you'd want to. I thought you'd be inquisitive, but obviously not. It's a trouble with the Australians, isn't it? Really, they're sort of it's sort of fait accompli. You know, we were prisoners. We were taken over in shackles, and we don't want to know what the crimes were. That's why I love that, uh, that, that sort of programme on the television, where they go back into somebody's life and they go, well, actually, your ancestors were criminals. Most of them spent time in prison. You know, for anybody Australian, you know that your ancestors were going to be crooks and criminals who we just... I mean, in those days, of course, it was so easy. So easy. We just put people on a ship and we sent them to Australia. And that was it. Australia's going, we don't want any more. We've got loads. And they go, no, no, just, just take a few more hundred thousand. And so they did. So, the, uh, the architect of evil, the diaries of a Nazi monster, found 71 years on. And uh, this is Heinrich Himmler. Uh, apparently, you know, one side of him, I mean, quite clearly a paranoid schizophrenic, uh, lovely to his family, his children and everybody else. But then the other side of him uh, made him the poison pen. He was the executioner of death, quite clearly the man responsible for Auschwitz and for Babi Yar and loads of other places. In 1944, the diaries uh, show that he had a massage from a doctor and then personally oversaw the execution of ten Polish people. Uh, at Mil- Minsk, he says he nearly fainted when blood from Jews being slaughtered splattered onto his greatcoat. I mean, th- th- this is a man who was so psychotically sick that it was probably best that he, uh, that he took a cyanide pill at the end of his life after he'd been arrested. Uh, described by one of the people responsible for finding him as that snivelling Nazi coward, which is what he was. What we wanted to see was him dangling at the end of a rope. What he wanted was to get out as quick as possible, and so he swallowed a cyanide pill. But uh, in uh, Sobibor, he witnessed the effectiveness of the diesel engines, which put 400 to death, just for him, his own pleasure. He would sort of stand there and watch things... And, and then just turn away as if their lives didn't matter at all. A sick, sick person. But I didn't know that, uh, in fact, he'd actually kept diaries. In fact, actually, uh, Auschwitz survivor Leslie Kleinman, who comes from Westcliff-on-Sea in Essex and who is 86, says, I'm not surprised Himmler was able to write about his life and then at the same time be responsible for Auschwitz and the other concentration camps. Leslie, whose parents and seven brothers and sisters were all put to death in the gas chambers, said uh, all 
of Himmler's SS men shared the same ability to slaughter Jews without becoming upset. I, of course, never met him, but we all knew he was the man responsible for Auschwitz. And uh, I said, didn't they have people, was it not in the papers the other day? I read a piece, I'm pretty certain, that said that there were still members of the SS Guard who were living in this country. Five of them, I think. Five people who then are now claiming, oh, nothing to do with us, as people do. They, they find these people who were, who were responsible for the, uh, for the attacks and for the murders on people. It was, uh, it was just absolutely horrendous. But obviously, when they liberated Auschwitz, somebody took the diaries and they ended up in Russia. So now they're being studied and they're being uh, slowly leaked out a little bit at a time to the world's media who are quite fascinated by this, quite fascinated to discover what made this this monster tick. Other stories in the papers today, the superstores who are cutting the fuel by two pence a litre. It's only ever going to be the superstores, isn't it? It's, it's never going to be, you know, your local garage who cuts it. They have to wait till they get the message from on high. But now they say four supermarkets. I think it was started by Asda, and now Tesco, Sainsbury's and Morrison's have cut it. Marks and Spencer's don't because they don't have any garages. They've got their little Marks and Spencer shop in garages, but they're not actually responsible for the fuel. So they say now around 106 pence, which is six pence litre, less than the 112 national averages. Petrol retail has been urged to cut prices following um, the, a cut in wholesale costs. They never pass it on to you, do they, until they're kicked. You have to kick these people and say, why have you not reduced the price? And they go, oh, nothing about that. Well, the, the price has been lowered. What did I read the other day? There was something about, oh, somebody... Who, oh, that's right, somebody was standing for, um, for Farage's party. Forgot to mention a driving ban. He said, I completely forgot about it. How can you have forgotten about it? Everybody remembers things like that, don't they? If ever you got banned from driving or there was sort of an altercation, you would remember that. Believe you me, you would remember it. Uh, It must be time to start shopping because it's 145 days until Christmas. And Selfridges have opened their uh, their sort of grotto. And uh, uh, bosses reckon it's time to start stocking up for the big day. They're hoping, because they've got more than 50,000 baubles to look at, that uh, Elfridges will be on hand to help choose the perfect gift. Geraldine James, who's the Christmas expert, said, We have so many customers visiting from all over the world, eager to snap up festive souvenirs that they can't buy at home. So we have a large number of domestic customers as well. And by autumn, they reckon 120,000 decorations on sale as part of the Shine On Christmas theme. It's lovely, isn't it, really? I wonder if there's anything new at Christmas. I mean, do they ever do anything new? Anything new? My brother's got a lovely roundabout, a carousel, which I bought uh, ages and ages ago in a village where, where things move, and I, I bought one for a friend of mine, which is, uh, which is absolutely lovely. But it's, it's difficult to know. I know a lot of people absolutely hate me talking about Christmas, and there's another load of people who say, I can't get enough of it. Can't get enough of it. Although it just turns out to be very, very expensive. Most sort of parents are get, please don't talk about Christmas just yet. <laughs> because it's just a little bit too early. But it's never too early. You've got to plan these things. I don't. That's why people do it at the very last minute, don't they? They leave it till the last minute and all of a sudden they go, oh, God. I mean, if ever I was going to do Christmas, I'd have to have a dress rehearsal. Definitely a dress rehearsal to make sure that I actually got, uh, got everything, uh, everything going. Well, I hope we're going to get everything going this year. I don't know. What, I mean, what do we want? Do we want a white Christmas this year? Or are we just going to put up with the usual rain? Because a lot of people never see snow. If you come from a hot country, you've probably never seen snow. So you sort of welcome it. I love it. I don't want to drive in it. But I absolutely, uh, absolutely adore it. I think it's fantastic. It looks lovely. Very pretty when it comes down. But I know 
But uh, a lot of people say, oh, no, please, please. Apparently, a lot of hot spots uh, remind me of Michael Barrymore's Strike It Lucky. They was, they're, they're re-showing that on one of the channels. It might be Dave or something like that. But uh, what is a hot spot not? A good spot. Yes, yeah, so only this, this time. You see, I'm, the only thing I don't understand about Pokemon Go, and I know you're doing it now, I can tell you what. I just Tell me the look on your face. Tell me the look on your face. It's a case of who puts the Pokemon here? What, what determines this, this place as a Pokemon is here? I mean, does everybody know that it's here? In which case, does everybody cart piling in around here to go, there's a hotspot in Steve's studio, or it's around on this floor somewhere, and then you have to find it, do you? Well, I mean, how many places can it be? Most of the desks are taken up. It's fairly white and sterile in there, so you must better find the thing. Is it is it coloured? Is it different colours, Pokemon? Are they just black and white images? They're different sorts of clothes that they're wearing, are they? What is a Pokemon? I don't even know what a Pokemon is. Is it a real thing? I mean, it's... <laughs> or are they just cartoons or something like that? I'm none the... They're what? They're based on a car. Right. Sounds riveting, doesn't it? Honestly, I don't know. He seems to absolutely adore it. But then I've, I've known people like him before. They get sort of a bit carried away with all sorts of strange things. I think it's a sign of loneliness that you go out there. It's not the kind of thing you share, is it, with somebody else? Should we go off Pokemon hunting today? Is it? Oh, your mates do it as well. Are they Australian as well? A couple of them are Australian. Well, there you go. That kind of covers it, doesn't it? And the others, of course, are probably just like sheep. They just sort of latch onto it. They go, oh, well, if you're going Pokemon hunting, we'll go. Save us spending money in the pub. <laughs> I bet they don't do it Friday night. Bet they don't do it. Do girls do it, or is it is it mainly a boys thing? Oh, girls do it too. All oh, right, I thought it'd be just a boys thing, but girls do it as well. Good lord! Well, there you go. You live and learn, ladies and gentlemen. I'm learning that the news is coming up at six o'clock. I'm Steve Allen. It's early breakfast. It's Tuesday, the second of August. Back in a few minutes. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. It's Tuesday, the 2nd of August. Uh, found after 72 years, Himmler's diaries. Uh, 145 days until Christmas. Uh, the First Lady, Trump's wife, shock nude pictures. I mean nude pictures. The bonking MP, that's Simon Danjuk, faces uh, calls to quit. Uh, cops probing the Gogglebox stars. They sort of have themselves dressed up in uh, camouflage gear with ISIS training camp as the headline. Rather stupid. And what you should not have in your fridge. Nine items that should not be in there. Uh, teach migrants how to treat women. And could Pokemon Go revive the Church of England? I very much doubt it, but we'll give it a go, I suppose. And the iPhone, which burst into flames in a cyclist's pocket. You hear of these things every so often, don't you? And this one here, his, uh, his mobile phone snapped and ignited when he fell. And in fact, if you look at the, uh, the marks on the back of his leg... Uh, he'd owned it for six months. He said it melted through his shorts and the skin on his upper right thigh. I've never heard of this before. Apple have told him that they will investigate. I mean, I think it's a genuine phone. I mean, you know, I remember years ago, must be years ago now, they talked about the Apple iPhone, which bent. They used to bend. I thought, no, 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 they don't bend at all. It's just Looney Tunes people who go, oh, yeah, they, they definitely bend. No, they don't. And now they're actually saying that they, um, that they burst into flames. Why would it burst into flames? I don't quite understand that. Um, got home from a long weekend in Detroit, says David and Andy in Brighton. Uh, fantastic city. We're a little scared, but locals very friendly. So pleased to have tourists, I should imagine. Dinah Ross concert by the Great Lakes. A visit to uh, Hitsville, the Motown Museum, and a tour of the Ford car plant. <laughs> God, that sounds about as riveting as watching paint dry, doesn't it? An amazing trip. But, uh, I mean, sort of gay guys going to uh, to watch 
the Ford company making pickup trucks. Not sure about that at all. Uh, CJ says, uh, thank you for the show. Your humour always sets me up nicely for the day. Yes, I mean, we're trying to work out earlier on what wouldn't set you up for the day. What wouldn't set you up for the day? And we, could, we just thought a day without Steve Allen. That was the only thing that we actually thought of. Uh, somebody else, a lot of people with the, with the, with the back pain this morning. And uh, Dallas says, I've got two prolapsed discs in my lower back for more than 20 years. And after spending thousands of pounds trying to ease the pain, I finally was helped by a sports injury therapist. That's what my friend John had. He had a really bad back and uh, he went to see this bloke, paid 50 quid. Uh, he was a sports person. It went like that. He said and had him twisting and his legs bent up backwards. He said, best 50 quid he's ever spent. Absolutely loved it. And it, uh, it solved the problem. He said, if it doesn't, come back. But he said, I think that will do it. And so far it has. So that's great, isn't it? Uh, an obsession fan, an obsessed fan, banned from the studio audience of Matthew Wright's show, has been phoning in, insisting they're in love. Dear, honestly, these people need medical help. I mean, the woman was a regular on the Wright Stuff's daily live TV recording. And that shouldn't be too difficult to go back through the tape, should it? And watch and see which one it is. But she's had to be banned after becoming disruptive. She's since been bombarding producers of the Channel 5 show with calls professing her feelings for Matthew Wright. Oh, that's a bit scary, isn't it? Perhaps he could do a whole programme on scary audience members. And then they could put up a picture of her and go, she's now banned from the studio because she needs medical help, quite clearly. A source said she was being disruptive and making a nuisance of herself during the show. So they've told her she can't come back. She's since been calling back saying she's in love with, with Matthew. And uh, and she thinks he's in love with her. Do you remember people used to write to the newsreaders on the television? And I think one of them used to wink at the any go, like Anne Robinson used to do. And people used to interpret that as a, as a, as a sign to them that the, these people sort of, you know, said, you know, nice to see you, we'll see you again tomorrow. Eamon Holmes used to say it. Nice to see you, he'd say. You can't see anybody. You can't see anybody. Seriously, he's looking into a camera. All this, you know, n- nice to see you is a load of old rubbish. They just sort of make it up. But you can imagine being somebody... I mean, you've got to be pretty deluded to start stalking poor old Matthew Wright. I mean, he's not exactly catch of the century, is he? But uh, she thinks that he's in love with her. Uh, she's taken it a little bit too far. Uh, he wed his second wife in 2010. Has previously told of his more extreme fans. He says, I have several uh, quasi-stalkers, many of whom I know by names. One very odd man decided to accuse me of being his gay lover in the last 90 seconds of the show, saying, why do you tell them these lies that you're married? Why don't you tell them the truth about that night on Brighton Beach? You see, the trouble is they don't vet the audience for that show. They let any old twaddle in. And you've only got to look at them to realise that there's only an audience of about 10 people. And most of them look like, seriously, the police are waiting outside for them. Very worrying indeed. And um, Jimmy's been hosting the right stuff for, since, since the year 2000. He's only just recently got the, uh, the stalkers. He did go on I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of It. Can you imagine though, somebody going, you know, why don't you tell them about this? You know, you get these mad people who need help. They really do need help. They can't help it. So they've now banned this, uh, this, this woman. She'll probably still be turning up outside there. She'll probably go in disguise, try to get herself in there. Because it's, it's happened before. People get crushes on people. Very odd. I've got loads of people who have crushes on me. I mean, so it's quite normal, mainly producers. And um, others, you know, it's, it's easy to get a fixation with somebody that you hear on the, on the radio or you see on the television every day, except for poor old Louise Minchin the other day on the BBC, who looked about as miserable. It's almost like, you know, she'd lost a fiver and found 5p. She looked as miserable as sin. She was, she was obviously desperately trying to curb a temper or something, because I should imagine she got a right little temper on her. I don't know why. So, from, uh, from keeping out of your fridge... These are things that you need to not 
put in the fridge, OK? Um, and there, there are reasons, uh, some of them, because their aromas taint other goods in there. So these nine items are things that you should not have in your fridge. And some of them are basic. I would think that I might have some of these in here. First of all, avocados. Don't put avocados in your fridge. They're best kept in an open brown bag or a fruit bowl. Uh, melons. They take up too much room on a, a shelf. But once cut, it's OK to wrap the segments and put them in the fridge. So you, well, you sort of cut it into segments and put it in there, which is quite nice. Uh, onions. Keep them out of the salad drawer. The aroma can taint other foods. Put them in a ventilated dark area to stop them sprouting. Or filling that the garden. Uh, tomatoes. The colder they get, the more of the natural taste is lost. Best flavour, keep them at room temperature. Cake. This will last just as long in an airtight container as in the fridge. The exception is a cake made with real cream. Ooh, yummy yum. Doesn't that sound fantastic this morning? A cake made with real cream. A victorious sponge with real cream. Oh dear. Garlic. To make it last longer, you need to keep it in a dry, ventilated area. The fridge will do nothing for it at all. Coffee. Who keeps coffee in the fridge? Must be some mad people out there. Bread dries out faster. You see, what we used to do years ago, we used to freeze a cut loaf and then you just take it out and I, I would put it straight into the toaster. It still toasts in exactly the same way. It just means that you don't have to sort of worry about it going off because you've frozen it. So just put it in the freezer if you're lucky enough to have a, a separate freezer. And honey, uh, actually, there's no need for it to go in the fridge at all. It simply never goes off. I've had honey 10 years down the line. Ten, I've never touched it. But ten years down the line, it still looks the same. It just never goes off. It's quite nice, isn't it, honey? We bought something the other day. We bought... Have you ever heard of um, a slush puppy? This is what, what kids have. And what it is, it's like... It's obviously some sort of special water which has got little ice crystal things in it which don't sort of uh, freeze or do anything else. Well, they, they, they do freeze. Then they put a coloured dye into it with a fruit thing in it and people have it. And we had one the other day. And my friend John said, I wonder what a uh, slush puppy would taste like with vodka in it. I said, but you're adding vodka to water. Because it, it is only water, isn't it, with this colour. And the more I thought about it, the more I thought, I don't think that would work, actually. I'm not sure. But I'm willing to give it a go. Because I like, I like things like that. Uh, eggs never in the fridge, says Phil Vickery. You see, a lot of people... In fact, you can buy fridges now that have got little indentations for putting eggs in. You don't need to put them in the fridge. It's as simple as that. He knows. He knows. I bet if we went through the, the producer's fridge, we'd be in for a bit of a shock. Uh, that'd be booze. That's that's booze there. That, that'd definitely be booze. Oh, it's, that's a bit of old cheese from last year. <laughs> that's what it'd be, wouldn't it? You could just tell it would be one of these sort of things. I love it. I love it to pieces. What else does, um, what else does Phil say this morning? Um, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Oh, dear, I keep getting all these other people writing to me now. People who I never had before, actually. Ripen an avocado out... We're we keeping you up. Ripen an avocado out of the fridge and store it in the fridge once ripened. It'll keep longer and won't go black. But uh, eggs never in the fridge in the supermarket. They just stack them up, don't they? They just stack. You never see them in the fridge. You don't need it. And uh, Phil reckons that his wife reckons he's a big pain in the neck. Actually, I'm a bit disappointed. I've not heard back from uh, from DHL at the moment. I'm wondering if Alan is on holiday. Because loads of people go on holiday. And he, he might have gone on holiday, whereas my, my parcel of my shirts might be whizzing backwards and forwards. We don't know. But he has got the email. I, d I definitely sent the email this morning. <laughs> so I could try and rescue my shirts at some point. But, you know, say, I don't know what happens after they sort of try and deliver and then they can't deliver anymore. Do they send them back where they came from? That'd be ghastly. Vodka and lemon sorbet, says John the cabbie. Lemon sorbet. So, it, well, sorbet's made with water, isn't it? So I suppose that would work. 
Because you could freeze that, but vodka doesn't freeze, does it? So you can keep vodka in the freezer. And if it's a really good vodka, what it does, it thickens up. It thickens up, so it's supposed to be... Th- I mean, I personally, I couldn't care less, actually, either way. I'm not really... If you want it to be cold, just stick ice with it. And uh, Joel's in Bedfordshire. Oh, you poor soul, honestly. Somebody's got to be, haven't they? Actually, I bought Country Life the other week. I had some nice places in, uh, in Bedfordshire. Amazing how cheap some places are in the country. You look in, you, you look in London, and it's quite normal to find a house in Kensington and Chelsea for £20 million. Seriously, 90, I looked at one the other day. £19.6 million for a house. Didn't even have a swimming pool. And uh, it had a lot of trees in the garden, which was which was OK. And then you look out of town and for three million pounds, you can get something with 20 acres and a lake and stables and everything else. <laughs> oh, dear. 84850, uk, And we shall uh, put as many in as we possibly can. Uh, coffee in the fridge. You see, somebody does do it. Uh, Ian says, I'm not as mad as a hatter, and I keep my ground Italian coffee in an air-tight container in the fridge. Well, you mustn't. You really mustn't. It says here, although some advise storing it cold, coffee absorbs the smells of other foods around it. It's best just kept in an airtight container. So take it out of the fridge. Goodness sake. Perdita Weeks is back again. Says, uh, so enjoying your shows. Only found out about them a few weeks ago. Do you have a favourite crime detective series? Oh, I, I'm not going to say Foil's War. I'll tell you what I do like. <laughs> I think I'm mad, actually. But I do watch them. I love um, Hetty Wainthrop Investigates. I, I, with Hyacinth Bouquet, as was. And, and I love uh, Kingdom with Stephen Fry. I like all, mainly because I like the theme tune for both of them. The theme tune's completely different, but I absolutely love both theme tunes. I think they're, I think they're super. And I loved Hetty Wainthrop Investigates. I bought the box set. I love Columbo. I love anything like that. I mean, any sort of crime detective series, I quite like. I have to be brutally honest, actually. I've never seen Foils War. I've seriously never seen it. Isn't that a dreadful... I feel so sorry, actually, now. For goodness sake, Padita, don't tell anybody. I should be drummed out of the brownies. I shall never go any... Oh, late. Uh, I shall never be allowed near a television again. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. A lot of people writing to be saying, how dare Byron Burgers adhere to the law of the land? Yeah. And then these loony people coming up going, you know, it's not about that. They were doing... No, they were getting rid of illegals. Illegal. What is it about the word illegal? Perhaps people just like jumping on a bandwagon. Perhaps they sort of feel that they have sort of some message to give to people. Sadly, I can't think of uh, what it is. Phil Vickery says, I keep tomatoes in my fruit bowl. Week later, ripe and full of great flavour. Actually, I bought some, I nearly bought the other day, some heritage tomatoes. They were all different colours. They they do so many, you know, if if you thought tomatoes were just red and you do them in a grow bag at home because they're very easy to grow or in a hanging basket, think again. There's some beautiful tomatoes out. I mean, some of them are absolutely stunning. I love tomatoes. I keep trying to convince myself they're really good for me. Uh, And I like them with salad cream. But we used to, years ago, do them with salt. But we don't we don't put salt on things. I think there's too much salt in everything. And so I try I try not to use salt. I don't have any extra salt anywhere. So uh, I, I don't do that. But tomatoes, I absolutely adore. But, I mean, keep them... In... What is that thing as well? I've seen it a short while ago. It was um, it was like a little stand with a hook on it. And it was for ripening your, your um, uh, bananas. You hang your bananas on it. Because if you put them in the fridge, bananas go black. And, uh, and that's not very good, is it, really? So you, you don't want things like that. But I do love sort of... It, I think it's a banana... What do they call it? It, whatever it does, it sort of it hastens bananas. You're supposed to leave them outside and then they go a bit more yellow. Because I know people who won't eat green bananas. Not absolutely green, 
but sort of... I like them slightly crunchy. Yeah, that's right. It's like a banana tree thing, isn't it? And you hang them on it. I don't know. I've seen bananas which you dip. People dip them in chocolate. If you have a chocolate fountain, you get your banana out and you and you just dip it in the chocolate and then dip it in your crushed nuts. And that's fairly popular. People like that, don't they? So it's very good. There's a machine you can buy. They sell it on the television. You, you, you freeze the banana and you put it in. It turns into mushy banana, which they laughingly call ice cream. It's a banana hook. Do they really work? What's the answer? I can't read it. It's glasses, honestly. Is it a fad? Do you like... Oh, that's it, sent by Emma. Readers, do you like to store banana? I mean, to be honest with you, bananas never get hanging around in my place very long at all. I just eat them. You know, I buy them. I can eat them on the way home. They're lovely. I, I like bananas. But I don't think too many is too good for you because they've got uh, potassium in, so that's OK. Uh, anyway, some of the other uh, stories. Apparently, says Kelsey, Americans will store eggs in the fridge to avoid salmonella in America. And, uh, and Paul says, if you're wondering what a slush puppy would taste like with vodka, well, you can now get cocktails in pouches which you put in the freezer. I think I've seen these before. Are they sort of different colours? Are they... They've never got much alcohol in, have they, though, really? That sounds quite a nice idea. Slush Puppies, says Ant the Painter, would work well and um, with Ray and Nephew's white rum. So I think vodka would be nice as well. It just occurred to us the other day. I have no intention of trying it just yet because you never, cause you've got to carry the Slush Puppy home, haven't you? Or failing that, go out, have the Slush Puppy and then fill it up with vodka from a hip flask and that makes you look very dangerous. <laughs> Gary at DHL says, I will phone Alan. I did send... Sorry, Gary, honestly. You must think I'm mad, honestly, at DHL. They get so bored with me, I think. I do try and be nice. <laughs> it's the last one, I promised you, for a little while. And, uh, and I, have, I have sent the thing with the, uh, with the waybill on it. The waybill number. So I'm trying to go all technical. Uh, 84850, Steve, at lbc.co.uk. And um, another one here. Quickly, quickly trying to get uh, as many in as possible before the end of the programme. And uh, somebody else saying, get, get the banana out and dip it in crushed nuts. It's a winner, Steve, isn't it? Uh, and then somebody else said, well, we talk about crime series. Dixon of Doc Green and Zed Cars. Little, I mean, I was tempted to say before my time, because neither are before my time. Uh, I did used to enjoy them. Uh, many of the Dixons were done live. They did a lot of live versions. But Jack Warner, that was, who did that um, famous film. Was it The Blue Lamp? He's a police officer who gets shot. Uh, just told you the ending. Anyway, he gets shot. It's it's really good. It's a very good film. It's a great uh, great war film. People over the age of fifty will be knowing that film immediately. James says, "Does that mean a banana split is really healthy?" Oh, oh banana split. That was considered. You know, isn't it funny? That was considered a luxury years ago. You went out to a wimpy bar and they go, "Do you want a brown derby?" And uh, that was like sort of a round sponge, like a rum bar bar with ice cream. It was a bit dreary and boring. And uh, and a banana split. A banana split. Well, you just got a banana split. <laughs> Sounds a bit pointless, doesn't it, really? Just cut down the middle, and they put it either side of this sort of... It came like a boat, like a banana boat. Then ice cream in the middle, and then more crushed nuts. They're big into crushed nuts in Wimpy, honestly. They used to spend most of their time doing crushed nuts. And um, and then drizzle chocolate sauce over that as well. Uh, black bananas are ice creamy. Black bananas. Wow. I'll tell you what I've never tried, and, and Paul Cooper sells a lot of it. Plantain. I've never... You, you fry it. It's very popular with the West Indian community. In fact, you can't move in there for, for large West Indian ladies buying plantain. They go out with bagfuls of it. Bagfuls of it. Because it's the same price as normal banana, but you fry it. I must try it one day. I really... I've done, I mean, I don't know what you, uh, what you have it with. In fact, I really don't know. Uh, apparently, Mark reckons that Iceland for cocktails in pouches. Sure. Iceland doing booze in the fridge. 
I quite like the idea of that. I quite like the idea of that. I'm not, uh, I'm not too sure how that would work. I didn't think they did things like that. I just know that a friend of mine says that if you put vodka in the freezer, it, uh, it makes it go a bit, a bit thicker. Uh, another one here. Uh, everybody talking about the, uh, the series that you watch on the television. Somebody said box sets are bad for you. Box sets are bad because it means that you sit down there and you're not, you're not sort of moving around enough. Whereas before we used to move around. Now, now we really don't bother. Front page of the Daily Star. Big Brother Marnie Simpson could get the boot over the bullying row. She's quite disgusting on Big Brother. Uh, Trump's wife taking all her kit off. For whom? We have no idea. Uh, the Daily Express, the nine foods you shouldn't keep in the fridge, one of them being coffee. I wasn't aware that people even kept coffee in the fridge. The Lords want to stop EU exit. And uh, Baroness Wheatcroft, who says she supports delaying Brexit legislation. The Daily Mirror found after 72 years the Himmler diaries. Bernie's pilot was the £40 million kidnap mastermind. Unbelievable. It's always got to be somebody close to home, because I suppose they know uh, exactly, you know, somebody's movements. And that's exactly... What they uh, what they did. Uh, the Daily Mail honours the stench grows, the tainted gongs to get the nod without scrutiny. Former aide says Cameron is paying off debts. Now Dave's set to send more cronies to the uh, to the Lords. And the Sun, true blue passport, not EU. Time to bring back, they say, the great British passport. The great British passport. So there you go. That's what they're saying. Plus Gogglebox terror. And, um, you know, there you go. <laughs> and apparently you can still get sarsaparilla in Tesco's, I think. In Tesco's. How lovely. And uh, also, Dan, who says, I don't keep mayonnaise. Uh, I, keep, I don't keep mayonnaise in a cupboard, not in the fridge. I keep it in the fridge. Is that wrong, Dan? You're supposed to keep it in the fridge, aren't you? I, ke- I keep tomato ketchup in the fridge. No, that's wrong. Butter, apparently, you shouldn't keep in the fridge either. I've got no idea why. No idea why. That's it for this morning. Thank you so much for your company. Be back tomorrow morning for the big spike at 4am. You can follow me on Twitter, at Steve Allen Show. And, um, and what can I tell you? We have a free podcast up for you up very shortly. And then the main podcast as well. You can listen to LBC whenever you want, wherever you are. Download the free LBC app. For your mobile or tablet and never miss a moment, leading Britain's conversation at seven. Nick Ferrari at breakfast, but next it's Lisa Aziz with the morning news. If you enjoyed this podcast, listen to Steve Allen live from 4am Monday to Friday and Saturday and Sunday from 5am.